WXUS HD3, W266DY Donellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Fresh and exciting. Somebody with a sock personality that'll sweep people right off their feet. Where is he? What is he up to? What other terrors can he unleash at will? Calling your genial host, renowned writer, art collector, and teller of strange tales. What fiendish power did he possess? Where did he come from? Who is this man? the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Band Radio Network for a Tuesday. Talk Radio the way our founders intended. America, not for nothing, but the Red Cross app now asks whether or not you've received the COVID shot before you donate blood. And if you have had the shot, they give you an 800 number to call so they can let you down easy with a human voice that you're ineligible. Day 1032. He with the Eric in America. Say hello to EZ. What's up? Good afternoon. And putting the heat in Hedda. Hey, guys. Double H is here uh, on the phones and such. Dark History Hour 3. Our buddy, buddy Jonathan Morris. After that, <clears throat> and your remarks, which can be delivered via the Florida Man Radio app in between. Well, New York's victimless crime judgment has not gone unnoticed. By, well, people you you don't want to scare away. People with a lot of money, investors, entrepreneurs, business people are realizing that New York is really not the place for them or their money. Uh, even after Governor Hochul, I mean, she first of all, Governor Hochul comes out and uh, pats uh, Letitia James on the back. I just got off the phone with Attorney General Tish James and spoke to her about how this sends a strong message that in the state of New York, businesses, business people who commit fraud and to hide their assets will be caught and prosecuted. Trump didn't hide any assets. Whether you're the president of the United States, a past president and forever past president, the United States, uh, forever or you're an ordinary business person, no one above is above the law here in the state of New York. And I congratulate mm-hmm. her and her effort. Um, well, it sure did send a message. Uh, and Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, uh, here he is uh, schooling Laura uh, Coates on CNN uh, about the alleged fraud and what he's decided to do and what many other millionaire, billionaire real estate investors uh, are decided to do about New York. Wouldn't there be many companies who would not want to do business or loan money to people like yourself or investors if they know that they can get away with fraud and there's no recourse to protect them? Excuse me, what fraud? I don't, I, this is not about Trump anymore. When you, get a developer, when you get a developer that builds a building 
And he says it's worth $400 million, and he wants to borrow $200 million from a bank, which happens every day, everywhere on Earth, including every American city. Every developer is an entrepreneur. They shine the light on their building, and they say it's worth $400. The bank does its own due diligence, as was done in this case, because they're very good at it. The banks are very good, and they say, no, it's worth $300. We're only going to loan you $150 million. That haggling has gone on for decades. That's how it works. And then... In this case, even, the bank that was supposedly defrauded testified and said, we didn't lose anything. We want to do business with this guy again. We'd like to. But the judge said, no, 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 no. Let's penalize this developer for $355 million. And if we're going to do that, let's penalize all the developers all across America. They've all done the same thing. All of them should go to jail and we should stop building buildings. That's what the message is from New York. Even the governor herself is concerned about what this looks like to investors all around the world. It's not just U.S. domestic. All well, around the world, people are talking about what happened here. You really think people want to invest money in New York after this? How about we go well, somewhere I, I else? Think, how, I think how there are to, people who would... I don't want to cut you off, yeah, but you I, do. I want to... Yes, you do. You, you just did. I, it's only because I want <laughs> to have a conversation, you know what? Kevin, I respect as opposed you be, to just you know, having you tell me. This is CNN's gimmick. This is all liberal legacy media's gimmick. If you don't like what the truth is coming out of their mouth, drown them out with uh, drivel. Yeah, Investors. I love that their new thing is the well. Actually, he'll, he'll start talking, which is his opinion. Then she go, well, I actually, mean, yeah. I tell you, I'm I'm respectable for a number of reasons, Kevin O'Leary. But being a, law, a lawyer is one of those issues. But I'll tell you, when I when I hear your conversation, and I do want to converse with you about this point. I understand that there are legitimate concerns that were raised during the trial and will continue to be raised about who the quote unquote what who is actually bringing the suit. It wasn't the banks who were saying that we as consumers are unsophisticated feel this way. But Letitia James, the Attorney General, and I know you want to expand beyond Trump, has suggested, well, it's about making the playing field level for those who are not the major and billionaire investors, but for those who are supposed to put business records out there, want to get a loan, the idea of making sure that they have to have the same true statements included as those who have a lot more money. Is there any weight to that for you? Well... I ask you, who lost money? And I make it even clearer. You and I, we're developing a data center together. And I say to you, we can go to New York where this just happened. It's your money now. You're now an investor and you're taking risk. You're an entrepreneur with me, right beside me. We're together on the deal. Or I can show you Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia, where the governors actually ran businesses. Let's go there where this never happened before. They have power, they have permits. They've got legislation that's supportive of entrepreneurship. Why would we go to New York? Why take the risk? My only point is, did we just diminish the great state of New York and the great people of New York? And shouldn't they ask for better management so they don't become a flyover state? Remember, New York has the highest taxes in the country, the worst regulatory environment, and it's incredibly mismanaged. And I'm pointing out now on top of that, you get this insanity. A, a victimless crime, and forget about Trump, it's not about Trump. I don't care about Trump in this. I care about America, and I care about entrepreneurship, and I care about democracy, and the fairness. The judicial system is now being criticized. People are asking themselves, the bar of New York, is this judge rational to charge $355 million 
in a case where no one lost any money? Is that good for the people of New York? Should the people of New York wake up to this and say, what's happening to us? Why is this becoming so perverse? Why are we the focus of this injustice? And I, nothing to do with Trump. I'm not. He, he, he makes it very clear it's not about Trump. But Kathy Hogle lets other New York businesses that uh, that may be worried, like uh, like uh, Kevin O'Leary is, uh, to, to don't worry about it because you know because he was she was on um, Katz and Matinas show the uh, forget the name of it. Uh, in New York, and he said, hey, listen, people are thinking now, uh, if they could do that to, to a former president, they could do it to you. And her response was, um, don't worry, uh, you have nothing to worry about. Uh, this, these were uh, special circumstances, and you're not Donald Trump. So she, on one hand, comes out and says, uh, Tisha James did a great job of going after somebody that was bucking the system and uh, cheating. But anybody else is cheating as long as your name isn't Donald Trump. We're not Don't looking. Worry so, about yeah. It. Yeah. Cat's roundtable. Uh, that's basically, you know, she says, oh, this was a really extraordinary, unusual circumstance. Law abiding New Yorkers don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Uh, it's truly amazing. Trump is not done. That's the good news. Um, you know, that when you think of Trump and you think of his properties and his investments and his ownership, you think of stuff that's got his name on it because that's his, been his M.O. Um, well, if Trump does have to pay this money or at least post a bond equal to 100 to 120 percent, whatever they're saying that is in the state of, uh, of New York, uh, he owns a one of the uh, most valuable uh, in his portfolio. Uh, portfolio, he owns thirty percent of twelve ninety Sixth Avenue and West Fifty Second Street, and uh, that could easily serve as either to pay it or what. His thirty percent would be somewhere worth around six hundred million dollars. Um, not only that, uh, Truth Social is poised to go public. And the left hates this. Uh, but right now, his shares are worth a little under $100 million. Uh, but if they go public, experts estimate his shares will bring $4 billion. So that would easily satisfy. If, if he, I, like I said, I, don't, I really don't think uh, it, it's going to have to be done. He did, he would hate it because his little minority position there <clears throat> reeled in. $62 million in revenue to him from rent in 2022 alone. So that's a nice little cash cow he's got. Um, <clears throat> he also owns a 40 Wall Street, um, the landmark 72-story building. Uh, he owns the leasehold, not the land on it. Uh, and, of course, Trump Tower, um, often mistaken for uh, commercial. It's not all commercial. There's uh, Except for Don's triplex. The other apartments individually owned are all individually owned condo units. The rest are apartment buildings, retail units, and a couple of garages in New York. So coming up with, uh, with assets to secure a bond, uh, if he, uh, uh, I don't think are going to be a, a point, uh, an issue. Um, but you have to see this as, I mean, look, you're the uh, attorney general for the city of New York. Um, and, I mean, if you, you look at 
the everything there from the crime that it's that is skyrocketing to the uh, the illegal alien situation there to every other problem, uh, unsafe subways, all of this, all the problems facing that city. Letitia James, Alvin Braggs, uh, Hochul, none of these people care about New York City or care about New Yorkers. They only care about one issue. One man. We've got to get him at all costs. Case in point, Hochul very quietly changed the rules uh, on the state's safety net assistance program and the eligibility for it uh, to allow non-citizens to now receive benefits, making thousands and thousands and thousands of migrants eligible for cash payments. The move was made through the State Office of Temporary Disability Assistance. They sent a message to social services agencies in the state. Uh, the agency wouldn't say how many migrants are currently receiving the program, obviously. Uh, but uh, there is, uh, they say it's, it is a portion of the $4.3 billion that the governor has set aside for migrant, the migrant crisis. Um, they could receive up to $10,000. Nice. That's, yeah, that's on, great. That's on top of Eric uh, Eric Adams's uh, uh, migrant debit card boondoggle. Now that was originally say it, it could cost up to fifty three million dollars, but they've now noticed that the read the actual con- contract of the cards, it uh, easily will can and will become an open ended multi billion dollar uh, just black hole of disappearing untraceable cash used for any purpose whatsoever. It will also give up uh, to 10 grand to e- uh, each illegal in taxpayer money with no ID check, no restrictions, and no controls put in place for fraud. Yeah, and it's running through, the whole thing's being run through a bank by a guy that has never run a bank before, and a bank that's really itself only been open like two or three years. Yeah. They're, literally, this is, they're funneling, this is another money laundering funnel. He he gave it a uh, no. Uh, the city's no no bid emergency contractor. Uh, what's the name? Is Soco Socafi or something like that? Um, it's that. This is all that was all to solve the issue, so migrants could buy their own food. Remember that, <clears throat> so that they can uh, you know. Because they are wasting food, uh, and they gave some guy $7.2 million a year in a no-bid contract to provide meals a day, three meals a day. That guy never, the company had never done that before. They, you know, they figured, hey, what is it to scramble some eggs? Yeah, we got this. Yeah, but what's going to happen to the Spinoli Ravioli Company? That's awesome. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> you're on Spinoli territory here, buddy. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's an asshole. The, uh, instead of ensuring that the existing no-bid emergency contractor fulfills its duty and provides edible food that's not thrown away, Adams has solved the problem by just retaining a new no-bid emergency contractor to provide that service with far more scope of waste, fraud, and abuse uh, than stale sandwiches. You're just potentially giving out billion dollars in hard cash with very little questions asked. And I bet you you'll start seeing those cards because there are very little questions being asked that it's odd that all of a sudden that uh, these cards are being used in Mexico City now because they got shipped through the mail to a family back in their family back in Mexico. Really? This is running it. $10,000 free from America. Get to run whatever we want on there. Wow. 
It's called Mo uh, Mo Calf Mocafi is the uh, the name of the the bank. There's obviously going to be massive fraud here, um, and you know this is uh, New York City uh, and New York State taxpayer money. That's how little they care for you. Uh, last year, the director of the mayor's fund to advance New York City's uh, big slush fund uh, with money from private donors raised uh, at one of the fund's board meetings the concept of, quote, an upcoming partnership with the mayor's office and this bank, MoCafi, on a universal basic income project that's giving poorer New Yorkers, not the illegals, straight cash. $1,000 a month for uh, uh, a family, uh, they say, $1,000 a month for 500 families for one year alone would, for the pilot program, is $6 million bucks a year. Yeah. What a, what a crap, a crap hole. Not only that, I mean, there was a, there was a building, a luxury building uh, in, I believe, Harlem, that was a 32-story luxury apartment building that was abandoned by its developers and uh, at, at like 99% ready. And the mayor had just decided unilaterally that I'm going to house migrants in that. This place has an indoor swimming pool. There are one and two-bedroom units, have fabulous views. Uh, they have uh, granite countertops and uh, nice finishes. The bathroom is white marble in all the units. And uh, they all have, you know, all the appliances you need. And, and they're huge. just going to fill it up. Nobody had heard anything about it. Nobody in the neighborhood had heard a word about it until some neighbors saw a bunch of moving trucks pull up and begin to unload hundreds of bunk beds into the unit. They're like, wait a second. And literally, uh, he, he the outrage. People were absolutely outraged. Uh, How long is it going to take before there are some uh, more New Yorkers that start uh, grumbling and a little boiling up going over this? Because there's people in New York that will stand in a line with 2,000 other people to get a look at a a studio apartment that's got 900 yeah. square feet as best. Yeah, and you're putting these people, and they, <clears> and they <throat> want four million dollars a month for it type of things. You know, outlandish numbers, but they, you know, you're giving these people gorgeous views. This other place, just in there for free, quartz bathrooms and, and granite countertops in the kitchen for free, right? And and people are 252 people might line up to look at a 300 square foot room that doesn't have a toilet in it. Oh, the toilet's in the down the hall. Yeah. Well, the little toilet <laughs> is in there next to your stove, and you pull a little cord to just release some of the pipe water so you can shower. Yeah. Uh, not only that, they got a math teacher there, New York City math teacher that's applied to open a a, a new a school grades five through nine. Uh, a Prospect Park area charter school. Uh, it will call. It will be called a genderful school. Genderful, like wonderful, but genderful. Uh, it will teach kids how to quote move inside and outside the bounds of masculinity and femininity in the evolving gender spectrum. How old is mankind? Oh, well, old enough that we. 
it, for the first time in, in mankind's history, our gender spectrum is evolving. And we need to teach nine-year-olds how to move inside and outside the bounds of masculinity. If there's maybe one school in all of the state of Illinois that uh, will read at grade level. I don't know. The bad the news has got to be equally as bad in New York City. Uh, how many of the public schools classes grades are reading at grade level doing math at grade level but hey they know how to move inside and outside the bounds of masculinity and femininity what what does that even mean does it mean a nine-year-old's gonna play with a doll okay that's not uh, the bounds of masculinity you know nine-year-olds don't need to be reading the same thing uh, you're cramming down 18 year olds throats you know and and what you ought to be teaching is the reality of biological sex there are two sexes. They're male. They're female. They're t- determined, uh, quite obviously, or homo- chromosomally and uh, physically. You can't change it, no matter how hard you try. I mean, we're not even getting truth. Our children aren't being told the truth. Well, they're not being taught how to read or write or right. do math or... And that's sad. Uh, they say the school's proponents say members of the LGBTQ community are uniquely vulnerable and need a school where they'll be safe. Safe. Go to a public school. I don't care where you go. In, not in Florida. You won't find this. Uh, pick up Blue State. Go to any public school in New York City, and you'll find more pride flags than American flags. The LGBTQ agenda uh, is the number one most dominant narrative across not just uh, our public schools, but corporate, media, entertainment, everywhere. It is the dominant narrative. How, what do you mean they're not safe? Well, we want to bring awareness. Also, I'd like to find some awareness of heterosexuality. You're preaching self-exclusion again. Right. Where we were told before there, we got to be inclusive. We got to everybody get together, uh, you know, sit at the table with the with the, the white, the brown, the black, the uh, the gay, uh, the uh, gender neutral, whatever. Everybody at the table and enjoying the same meal. Yet now all we're hearing is, uh, okay, well, we got to have a school for uh, the people that uh, think they're non-binary. Then we need a school for the people that might right. be trans. And then we need a school oh, for... We, for, we for, need my black mm-hmm. trans people need their own school so they can see people look, look like themselves. Like, if that's the case, let's get on this. Let's If we want to go into this full separateness where, where everybody's in their yeah, own little good, bubble... because so my kids could go to the normal school <laughs> where and they won't be, you know, they're not told a bunch of lies. Um. New York City, I'll get to this when we get back now. New York City Democrat uh, Councilwoman has reintroduced a bill that would prevent city shelters from imposing a limit on the length of the stay of an illegal uh, immigrant. That means once you get into that hall room, that hotel room at that uh, nice hotel in New York City, you can never, ever, ever be removed. Because, you know, feelings. Man, I'm thinking about crossing the border. Yeah. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. things that they come up with these progressives it's like they come up with the most ridiculous idea ever uh, that you're almost it's hard to uh, take them seriously but they're serious new york city councilwoman shahana hanif has a uh, she's reintroducing a bill get this right now this in some shelters for uh, illegals there's a limit 30 days or 60 days and she would like to eliminate that altogether. Because imposing limits on a people to stay in a shelter 
It's just, that's a human rights abuse, you know. Uh, she, the bill will prohibit Department of Social Services or any other city agency from imposing a length of shelter stay restrictions. Uh, she's a Democratic Socialist. She's got endorsements from AOC. She states that she has a vision to make New York a, quote, anti-racist feminist city. And that's quite a vision. Uh Shelter evictions are human rights abuse that both the city and state legislature legislature need to be taking on. Given our shared oversight of shelter functions, our office will be collaborating closely with, with as we work to advance our bills uh, in City Hall and in the Capitol. We know the needs of asylum seekers cannot be met. Uh, the... In this setting, she calls on administration to abandon the old model, prioritize keeping people in proper brick-and-mortar facilities for unlimited stays. Uh, Not even citizens of New York get this luxury. Tax-paying citizens of New York City are not protected to, you uh, you don't pay your rent, you're going to get evicted. Yeah. And you can be removed. If that's the case, then, all right, uh, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, Pick out four... Uh, illegals that you like, you'll let you scan the crowd, and they get to live in your house forever. You can't ever leave. Uh, that doesn't matter if they're doing drugs. Uh, human rights violation. Uh, yeah, that's a human right violation. They get to stay in your house. Oh, you can be evicted if you don't pay. Uh, get out of your own house. It, it, what we've done here is we've brought illegal aliens here with the, with the promise that you don't think that everybody in El Salvador knows that you can make up to ten grand a month. You'll definitely get ten grand when you get here. Then you got a credit card. You get a free host. You don't think everyone believes it's, it's spreading the word. Uh, you get. Uh, I'm staying in a hotel in New York City, uh, and a, and and a maid cleans my room every day, and they provide three meals. Although they're crappy three meals, I throw them in the trash. Uh, or I don't even give them to homeless people. I throw them in the trash because they give me a credit card that I can use to go to the bodega uh, and 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 get the food that I like. Oh, and by the way, I'm calling you on my new Apple iPhone. That uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm calling my new they phone. Pay for. Yeah, I got to go down to the uh, NGO Catholic Center and uh, get a new wardrobe that they're ready to give me. No, I don't have to work at all. It's great. No trabajo. Amigo, yeah. You tell people right now that they can stay uh, indefinitely. indefinitely. You are going to see another rush of people coming to to the border that are like, yeah, I, I my understanding. If I get to New York, I can stay at this place, and you can't kick me out. And these guys come from a place where they got to work their tails off to to make a living. And now you've set them. You've you, you created a culture of dependency. You created. You've made them dependents, and uh, you know normally. The 30-day period uh, is used so that officials can make contact with the uh, illegal aliens and make sure that they're on uh, uh, they're on a path towards uh, you know living on their own, finding work once they get approved to uh, getting a place to live, thing you know that type of stuff. Not we're going to make sure you never ever have to leave this luxury hotel with maid service ever, Ramon, because you deserve it. Here's another ten grand. Mm-hmm. And that may actually be your cousin that's working as a maid, but uh, they were born here and uh, they're a citizen. But <laughs> yeah. They, be nice to them. And they make $11 an hour. Um, And and literally there are people lining up, like we said, to look at a, at a, at a closet for $3,200 a month that doesn't have a toilet. Or if it has a toilet, it's inconveniently placed next to the kitchen sink, which is also the bathroom sink. 
that's actually a convenience, though. It's real nice to be able to scrub out your one pot that you can have in there yeah. while you're sitting on the toilet. You're right. It is, it is you know, I'm privileged, I suppose, because <laughs> I have a different place to crap in than where I eat. Yeah, I mean, it takes a while to scrub out the Kraft mac and cheese that you have to eat every night because you can't afford anything else. Uh, it just, uh, I mean, do they even realize what this, the, the optics of this? When there are homeless American citizens that don't get to stay uh, at a shelter forever. Ever. They're, they're, they have to leave. You can't stay. You can't just make it your new home. But if you're an illegal alien, you're from, uh, you know, El Salvador, you're, you're welcome to your, this is your new home. You now have a hotel room uh, that rents for $500 a night and it were to be sold or rented as a bedroom would be, or as an apartment would be around uh, thirty-three, $3,500 a month. Maybe more because you have your own bathroom. I think um, one day Democrats are in these places are going to wake up and go, Ooh, uh, they're not going to be uh, uh, allowed, uh, you know, they're not going to be reelected. And they're like, what do you mean? What? We're the best progressive uh, politicians ever. This will be the same Democrat at some point down the way. Uh, she'll be walking home one day and get shanked and her purse stolen a and after she's been stabbed four or five times. And then she'll be going, what's going on in my city? I don't get it. The, the yeah. new proposal in Washington that would help my this this maybe I don't know I, I'm 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 up on the board I'm I'm more inclined if this is a choice to to make it but I'm kind of on uh, it, it, this this involves a new act a bill in front of Congress called the Courage to Serve Act and would create a quicker pathway to citizenship for all the young military-aged illegal aliens that are here if they join our military. Migrants get an expedited path to citizenship. It would require them to first serve in the U.S. military. All right, Fox Size Morgan McKay joins us with details of the bill which lawmakers say could help solve two problems at once. There is no higher honor than serving your country in uniform. And that honor could be extended to migrants under a new bill introduced by Hudson Valley Congressman Pat Ryan. Called the Courage to Serve Act, this bill would offer qualified and vetted migrants an expedited path to citizenship if they serve in the military. According to Ryan, last year the military services collectively missed recruiting goals by roughly 41,000 recruits. That's a big deal. We know we're in a recruiting slump here. Um, my question is, I guess, there, are there, do these people love America? Do they move here to become an American, live the American dream, assimilate the to the American way of life? Uh, then I think that's a great idea, but I, I'm not convinced that, that most of them are. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see what that type of, all right, open it up. If you can get enough to uh, put a battalion together and uh, they they serve their four years, uh, where they're not going to be in America, they're going to be sent somewhere else. Yeah, Middle East probably. Uh, yeah, you get your four years out of it, then all right, then we'll expedite a citizenship because that means you per, you wanted to do that to become a citizen. Now, if you get in there and you immediately start uh, uh, playing around and you're uh, in, in, incapable of following orders and they need to discharge you, then it's not a discharge back to New York into it's the hotel room. It's discharge discharged. Back to uh, Columbia. Yeah, where an MP <clears throat> just walks you across the border and says, good luck there. Adios. Leaving some crucial positions unfilled. If there are folks with the courage to raise their right hand, take an oath to protect and defend our Constitution, and put their lives on the line for this country, 
then they sure as hell deserve the opportunity to be citizens in the United States of America. This bill comes days after a bipartisan border security package negotiated by the Senate fell apart amid Republican opposition. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold on it, but you know, if they're qualified and they've been vetted and they're not, they didn't just get released from a prison somewhere, uh, in South America and they don't have record and, uh, you know, and they're, you know, the, when you look at the people that are coming across, I don't know if this will be the, the Turkish, uh, Illegals be allowed to, will the Chinese be allowed to suit up and, uh, and fight for America? All the other, all the other countries? Or, or is it open to any, you know, any place of birth? I don't know. Uh, the, the ladies at the view are very concerned because you know, there, there will, I can't imagine a presidential election going without at least a presidential debate. Do you think we'll have one? No, I don't. <laughs> I think there's a good chance we won't because I think the White House will, will bubble. If they do run him all the way to the election, they'll bubble wrap him as best they can. Uh, he'll be all, uh, very little interaction with the public. It'll be mostly taking him to a very, very safe, uh, uh, what we saw before, a family with some uh, chicken and uh, scripted day uh, and talking about it. The, a lot of commercials and then maybe one or two rallies, but it's very, very tight where he's got the cards. He reads what he's supposed to read and he's out. The ladies of The View are a little concerned that, that, that Biden may be uh, not fit for a debate. But, and they also uh, do agree that debates are important to democracy. They've got a plan. If there actually is a debate, or at least an idea. I disagree with you, actually. And I I say that because normally my gut would tell me it's good for democracy. I caveat that with if we did not know these two men as well as we do, it would be more important for them to be debating. The problem is, for the reasons you just spelled out, Donald Trump comes on and without, I wish they'd put him in phone booths and cut mics after a certain amount of time because in addition to the fact-checking, he over-talks gaslights and everything else. So the... Oftentimes, the comparison to Donald Trump makes anyone look less than on some level. You know, like, I know he looks crazy, too, but remember how he'd, like, come behind Hillary when she was, like, and he was, like, always hovering? Hovering. He has these, like, nonverbal cues that could lead some to believe, oh, he's so strong or he's this, but he just blows the whole thing out of the water. And if he hasn't debated anyone yet, the only debate I would like to see is him and Nikki Haley. If he would debate Nikki Haley, I would support that. I don't think Biden needs to since Donald Trump has done nothing to participate in this democracy since he lost. (laughs) But Nikki Haley is... has participated in our democracy. So, <clears throat> what, do you, what does that mean? Participating? Are we participating in democracy right now, this very second? Yes. Aren't every step we take through the parking lot to our car participating in democracy? Yes. Making a, chair, a, a decision to go a stop at the bar on your way home and have a drink—that's democracy. You're putting gas in your car. Is demo- I mean, this the, all the democracy talk. The fact that he's campaigned and also uh, he's run in a primary—that's participating in democracy, <laughs> right? The the fact that he yeah the fact that he's running for uh, a president and has a, a campaign and, he's and <laughs> filled out all the proper paperwork and he's put in the fees that you required and all that fun stuff he's 
participating in democracy. Um, but Biden ignoring a debate and uh, just he can't handle being there because Donald Trump may loom over him. Right. Here is another clip I'll play. They're worried, but they, they're worried about giving Donald Trump that kind of platform. What do you mean? It, it's a debate. We're, of course you give him a platform. I just, you know, I don't think I need to see someone who has been twice impeached and is a disgrace and a one-term president with 91 counts facing him. I think it legitimizes him. I don't need to be gaslit by Trump. We all know who he is. We all know what he stands for. We also know that Biden debated him twice and just like sort of mopped the floor with him. <laughs> if you look at any of the studies, yeah. every Ameri- most Americans that watched it thought that Biden won, not only on policy, but on demeanor, especially. Does this person have the temperament to be the president? We know who Donald Trump is. I don't think you give him that type of platform. But I also, if, if Biden flubs, yeah. they'll go, be all over him. If Trump flubs, he doesn't well, show who up, cares? be all over him. But here's the thing. A lot has happened since 2020. January 6th hadn't happened. Donald Trump needs to have to stand next to Joe Biden. Joe Biden needs to call him out on the unfitness because the reality is we but all at this table. You know? I was going to say he had nothing to do with table. it. They're so predictable, aren't they? Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, there's a high school in Massachusetts that's in, 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 in uh, dire straits right now. Uh, the Brockton High School is having some issue with violence. Students not, I don't know, paying attention to authority. It's gotten to such a disturbing level that members of the Massachusetts High School Committee sent a letter asking their mayor if he would would not mind deploying the National Guard troops to the school to rein in the violent chaos on campus. You did say Massachusetts, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, Massachusetts. Uh, they say recent events at the Brockton High School have prompted us to seek immediate assistance to prevent a potential tragedy. Over the past few months, the high school has experienced disturbing increases in incidents related to violence, security concerns, substance abuse, reached such a critical point they more were recently they had an alarming 35 teachers absent. I bet you this is one of the schools too that decided that uh, they didn't want to have any officer, you know, no school resource officers on campus because that would uh, be, yeah. definitely be triggering to the students to see an officer on campus. Uh, they have 4,300 students there. Teachers have been complaining for months that the mass of students has descended into an unruly mob. They rove the halls during class time. Uh, they come and go from school grounds as they please. They engage in vicious brawls. They're having sex and doing drugs in empty classrooms. Why do they even go to class at this point? Because that girl you want to have sex with is going to be uh, down the hall, and you can go to an empty classroom and have sex with her. No, but apparently they, they don't even care if you come to class, so why... Right, uh, right, right. Do you go to school at all? They say, we're in chaos. We need help. Sherry Mazzoli, the uh, recounter, being trampled by a mob of students, racing down the hallway in order to catch the glimpse of a fight. So this crowd came down the hallway so quickly, I got swept up uh, and stampeded, not by the students fighting, but the students that were rushing to watch and video the fight. Just a week before that, their meeting, a student was airlifted to the hospital uh, after a brutal assault. Back in May, two students were stabbed uh, during a brawl, uh, during a fight on school on, the, on a playing field. 
and one was airlifted. Staff feels now it's only a matter of time before someone dies in the hallway. The coach, also a math teacher, broke uh, broke his arm in a fight uh, when he got mixed up in a scrape. Uh, it's, they say it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. My focus is those. The my focus was on the kids' safety. Where's the focus on our safety? Says the coach. Wow, I wonder what went wrong there. I would like to see the National Guard show up to take on a high school, though. Me too. <laughs> that would be awesome. But, it, but what, isn't it an, an admission of a, of the of failure? Of absolute failure. Yeah. If you schools are begging, all, yeah, schools. All, I mean, Massachusetts of all places. Again, why are you? Begging for the National Guard, though, and not the uh, uh, local police department. Right. That makes sense. Why don't you have officers posted at the school? Because I would, again, take a guess. They don't like cops. This is one of those schools that ran off all the cops in the area because, oh, we've cops. been triggering to all the students yeah. to see a cop nearby. But Massachusetts, I don't know uh, what the r- racial makeup is of the state, but I I, I, I'm imagining that it's predominantly white. I don't know. A, 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 a school resource officer is going to trigger some students. You don't think that if you got rid of the cops in your school because uh, you didn't want their presence there because it was triggering or because of the George Floyd incident. But now you're willing to bring in the National Guard or you need to bring in the National Guard. Well, they maybe you've made a, a poor choice. Brockton School, Brockton High School. It's, uh, fantastic. Uh, he is not yet uh, the mayor. Oh, uh, the mayor is not really on it. The uh, he sent the request on to Governor Maura Healy. Uh, Brockton, Massachusetts is 40% black or African-American. Ah, okay. Uh, 32% white, 2% other other races. That's why there's no cops there. Right? I mean, I'm... This I'm, is probably one of those schools you see fights to, you know, video and the school with a with a uh, student who's beating the, the, the oh, brakes off a teacher. there's yelling world stars somewhere back there. <laughs> uh, Brockton is a city that half of the cops live outside the city as well. That's the first thing that comes up when you... Oh, really? My buddy that lives in Nantucket said, nah, not in Brockton. Yeah, it's, it's, that's not the way it is in Brockton. I mean, you have to imagine there was a point where they didn't have a disturbing, violent problem and drug problem and you know, kids porking each other in an empty classroom. What's the difference? What changed? Uh, this was back in 2020, an article that says a criticism of police mounts in the wake of several high-profile killings of black Americans by law enforcement. So, yes, they, they ran all the officers out of the school there. Mm. 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 Well, yet another failed liberal policy, you know, is right in your face. We told you what would happen if you did these things. You said, no, this is the best way to do it. You did it, and now, you know, Oregon uh, uh, illegalized personal amounts of heroin and cocaine and whatever you wanted and lo and behold now they have a fentanyl overdose problem uh spiraling out of control and they have uh, moved back to arresting people for those drugs that that didn't work over and over and over Mm-mm-mm. um when we return there's a move afoot to convince you 
that a trans woman, a biological male, I don't know where they'd get the baby to breastfeed, but apparently they want to you think that the it, once a, a, a biological male can can achieve lactation through massive amounts of hormones, that their milk is just as good as any other. And Anthony Blinken has urged Department of State staffers to avoid problematic words. And you can guess what they are. Stick around. It's Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life. Thanks to Children International and friends like you, dreams are coming true. Together we help children to learn, grow, and thrive. Learn more at children.org. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Donellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. paying attention, you'll realize that in every minute of every day, of every month, of every year, somewhere in America, the left is implementing uh, uh, or proposing something that will further their agenda. Constantly. It's like a locomotive of change. They, uh, most of it is dismantling the former administration's reforms and such. Uh, the breakneck speed they uh, took the uh, the border from zero to a hundred in, uh, in 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 matter of days. They don't consider <clears throat> governing at all. But all of their energy, all of their intellectual power, all of it is 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 uh, uh, geared to constantly towards achieving their agenda and their political aims. One of the most Successful tactics uh, is the manipulation of language, right? The meaning of words they have now gradually change uh, to alter your perception and to enable huge policy changes that, 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 and cultural changes they can do, uh, you know, oftentimes without notice. Yeah, they can weirdly do it to fix their own, well, not even fix, but work around their own liberal policies. <laughs> yeah. Like, would you uh, take something like Title IX that was supposed to help women in sports uh, and give them a, a, you know, a helping hand to make sure that the major universities had to help all the women athletes kind of on the same level? Represented there. Yeah. And now they're trying to destroy it systematically by allowing men to compete against them. Uh, and be protected by Title IX. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, one of the, you know, academia, the universities, they're kind of more susceptible to... Uh, this type of vocabulary subterfuge because they're in a learning environment. And, you know, now all of these universities have spent great deal of money to advance their radical DEI agenda. Um, and those are also troubling. Um, <clears throat> the traditional definition of diversity means some kind of variation within a population of people. Um, but it's undergone a lot of changes and transitions. Uh, it was given a spin with, you know, diversity. It's great. Diversity is our strength. And most Americans, you know, believe diversity uh, is our strength now. Um, more recently, though, the uh, twisted, again, that word diversity is now used as a descriptor per, for preferred demographic groups. An all-black gathering 
is somehow considered diverse, while an all-white gathering, not so much. Yeah, it is a uh, twist, you know, because the way you said it, for a long time, part of being the American uh, experience, experiment, is a diversity thing of different cultures coming together under the one banner, right? Uh, different minds, different, different thinking. Way, but then it was changed to, uh, it's not just... Uh, the best of the best it just happened to be diverse people it's the you have to force diversity in there like you're hammering a nail in there right yeah 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 it's engineered diversity <clears throat> equity is another one uh it's uh the word itself is i guess historically means fairness uh and everyone's for fairness right uh, but fairness without context or further explanation or an elaboration is pretty elusive. You know, when you when you think today that uh, the new version of fairness is not based on pure meritocracy, it's kind of a sliding scale uh, of what is fair um, with more uh, <clears throat> more uh, attention paid to compassion or empathy more than anything else. The State Department, under the uh, guidance of Anthony Blinken, by the way, that's that is uh, these are all forms of <clears throat> uh, tyranny. I mean, it, it really is a form of tyranny. Uh, State Department is now urging their staff to avoid problematic terms. We all know what the problematic terms are. Manpower. Mother and father. The uh, urge uh, in a memo that gender is a social. This is the Biden administration, by the way. They're arguing in a memo that gender is a social construct, that a person's gender identity may or may not correspond with one's sex assigned at birth. Uh, they, uh, it, was t- it was entitled Modeling DEIA Gender Identity Best Practices. Blinken encourages college colleagues at State Department to use gender-neutral language whenever possible to show respect and avoid misunderstandings. He suggested his employees identify their preferred pronouns in emails and when introducing themselves in meetings. Assuming one's gender identity simply based on their appearance uh, can be problematic and harmful and exclusionary. Which is Hilarious when you consider that uh, we want efficiency in a meeting. Um, we're told that, that this big part of the military was already an efficiency thing. Getting, uh, we need a meeting. We're going to talk about this. We're going to do that. And this, this. Uh, if you spend the first ten minutes of your meeting where everyone going around the table and my uh, pronouns are uh, him, her, him, him, uh, right. him. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. My pronouns are. And how is anybody supposed to remember all of that? Okay, I got to write scribbles. <laughs> okay. Uh, go back. No, I got to go back to him. What was it? Oh, what? Ah, oh, I messed up. I, what's there? Ooh, can I say there? That's uh, tyranny. Manpower is out. You guys is out. Ladies and gentlemen, out. Mother, father, son, daughter, husband, wife. All should be avoided, according to the State Department. Replace them with things like labor force. Everyone, folks, you all, parent, child, spouse, or partner. When uh, speaking, avoid using phrases like brave men and women. Magic Jesus Palomino. Uh, they're no longer brave men and women of our military. They're brave peoples. It just makes you sound like an idiot when you say it. Brave soldiers. Yeah, it does. It's 
There's a bunch of brave peoples over there. And it is, especially at levels of the State Department uh, and, and Pentagon and all throughout our military, we become a laughable joke to our adversaries. Oh, Biden slipped on the way up the short stairs. Um, staffers inadvertently use the wrong pronouns to address somebody. They, they say, ask that they first handle the slip up with a, with subtlety and grace while keeping in mind the gender identity may be fluid. So remain attuned and supportive of shifts in pronouns. That's a whole, you realize this is adding an entire new level to human interaction that before was assumed 99.9% of the time and was an easy way to, and now we've got a, a blockage in our in human communications. You have another, you've put up another barrier uh, to human communication and, and interpersonal relationships. Because now this is a whole new ball of wax you must deal with. And if you do deal with it the wrong way, we've played in plenty of audio here. You'll send some poor lady crying because a nice old man at the, at the, at the gas station said, Howdy, ma'am, can I air any tires out? Oh, I don't know. That guy destroyed her. That man, the old man, courtesy, uh, uh, a gentleman, uh, everything proper, great manners, going about his day. Uh, and this woman absolutely was a, a man. I don't know what. Well, she didn't identify as a woman. It was absolutely crushed. The end of her, uh, like it was the, the end of her life. We're heading towards the uh, Japanese businessman way of conversing with a person. Where you you walk up and uh, the first time you meet a person, you hand over your little card. and It's got all your information on it. And they hand over their card and you both bow and you look at the cards and then you hand your card back and you look back and then, okay, now we can have a conversation because now I know uh, your name and your pronouns on there and uh, maybe something special about you where uh, uh, it'll say like, uh, oh, uh, this person has autism. You can't, you can't do loud noises around them. Uh, so you're looking down the card. Like, okay. okay. No quick this, movements. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, the way this reads, I'm not sure if this person's a T-Rex or a person, but okay. <laughs> it's a fluid T-Rex. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, it, it we have, uh, Which is gonna it, it's not designed insane. to help anybody, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine going to like a sporting event and you got to be like, okay, here's my card. Here's my card. Okay. Right, uh, right. Okay. Here's my card. Okay. Imagine the day you hear the, the, uh, uh, lineup of a sports team. <laughs> Just Jamel like Robinson, he, him. <clears throat> imagine though, because they do the uh, they used to do the colleges, and now the guys give their high school or their elementary school. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> now it'll be their their uh, gender identity. Uh, yeah, Bob uh, uh, Smith, uh, non-binary, fluid. My pronouns are ZZ. <laughs> what that Bob Menendez is quite a cat. I know he looks portly and old and kind of a nerd, but this guy was uh, yes, pulling he, down some serious poon in his in his uh, pre-married days. He had the the almighty dollar, though. Yeah, he sure did. New uh, <clears throat> new evidence coming out about a, a former lover who was married uh, fifteen years ago that uh, Bob was proud to uh, open his safe and show her bundles of cash. Not only in the safe, also in hidden places. This is uh, late as uh, 2007. 
It claims that he boasted about, quote, kickbacks from contractors and influence-seeking people. While they conducted a tour at a fair, it included nude photos and sex on a private jet and, and a bed that the senator claimed had been used by President John F. Kennedy. That's how he gets him right in there. You want to sleep in the Kennedy bed? Uh, he, I showed you my money. Do you want to get in the Kennedy bed now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, uh, the couple and their co-accused, the Jersey uh, businessman Fred Dabes, <clears throat> have all pleaded not guilty. He claims the gold bars were his wife's mother's and that he withdrew the cash from his bank accounts <clears throat> for decades because of the history of his Cuban family facing confiscation. Um, he had a affair, an affair with Cecilia Reynolds, a married former church secretary, whom he met while she was the publisher of a small Spanish language new, newspaper in Freehold, New Jersey. <laughs> he was a player, man. And she was smoking hot, too. The allegations about hidden cash are made in a dossier about the affair uh, and by an anonymous author to outlets including the Times and the National League Policy Center. Um, he was under federal investigation back in 2013 for influence peddling that led to an indictment but not to a conviction. The nude photo and other images of the couple were apparently partially redacted before being included in the 13-page dossier. <laughs> Claims that Reynolds boasted about the senator's cash piles to her friends 15 years before the FBI allegedly discovered bags, jackets, and boots stuffed with dough. She, she knows a lot of stuff about Menendez and even knows federal and state secrets all about his kickback schemes. She boasted to her friends that he always had bundles of cash lying around in his safe and hidden places. She was told by him that they were kickbacks from contractors and influence-seeking people. Why would you... <laughs> Uh, you want to see something really turn you on? Look at this. This is all kickback money. Mm-hmm. That's right. Every bit of it. People seeking my influence. Now take your pants off. This guy sits in the Senate. <clears throat> um, he gets uh, br- debriefs. He gets security briefings. Still getting kickbacks. Yeah. Still getting some kickbacks? Is he r- still, you think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, kickbacks don't stop just because you're being investigated. That's true. That would be too obvious. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's the Democrats. For but they think how we got that Santos guy out of there because he stole money from a puppy thing or something. Something like that. Uh, the Biden administration is trying to move to stop Israel invading Rafa. What do you make of that? We were Biden has gone and done a real 180 on this, right? Uh, because he now needs the other side of the vote. He's losing the young vote now because of this. So he needs to go back the other way. And be and he is now he's like dead center wishy-washy, though, because we shut down the U.N. vote to yeah. ceasefire. But then they're like, but we kind of want a partial ceasefire. Apparently, the administration last night, uh, the, the planned invasion of Rafa, quote, should not proceed under current circumstances. He's pushing for a U.N. vote on temporary ceasefire and a break with the Israeli, with his past, you know, with the, the government there and their troops there. Um, in a draft resolution, they say that the ground offense of this uh, would have serious implications for regional peace and security. Yeah, because they know. They know that that Yahya Shinwa is, is MIA. No one knows where he is. Uh, he may be dead. He may not be dead. He may just said, you know, screw this. <laughs> I'm not going down uh, in a tunnel somewhere. Uh, took his cut and, and split. They're looking for a new leader right now. But they know that Rafa is one of the last holds there. 
And, you know, they report the president's considering, quote, a breach in the relationship with Israel. U.S. diplomats circulated the draft resolution on Monday after America rejected a rival Arab pact for an end to fighting due to take place on next Tuesday. The plan has not been scheduled for a vote, but it's likely backed by the Security Council's permanent members, including including the U.K., uh, calls for a temporary ceasefire as soon as practical, alongside lifting blockades to aid delivery uh, and demands Hamas release all the hostages. Um, this is exactly uh, what Hamas wanted. Remember, they first they didn't want him to leave northern Gaza because the Israel said, get out of northern Gaza because it's going down. They tried to get out. A lot of them were shot and killed or, or stopped from leaving. Many of them made it, thank God, to uh, southern Gaza, where the city of Rafah is. And they're near the Egyptian border. Egypt, of course, says, sorry, my Muslim brothers, but we ain't letting you in here. Not that we don't trust you, but we don't uh, trust you very much at all. But that's a perfect, uh, that's that's the way Hamas likes it, to be surrounded by innocent civilians, 30 feet above while they uh, do their bidding uh, in their underground, you know, layers. Foreign policy chief for the United, uh, for uh, the EU, Joseph Borrell, uh, didn't say which country had its, had abstained, but Hungary reported, reportedly blocked a similar initiative earlier. Well, I imagine that they're too close to stop now. You know what I mean? We've come yeah. way too far. Well, it looks like uh, uh, Malay's, uh, Argentina's new president, you know, everyone thought he was crazy out of his mind. He, remember that time he went to a giant board and they had all the departments, the, uh, the government there, and he would just walk by. Education, gone. Department of this, gone. Department of that, gone. Well, it's been a bit of a shock therapy, but lo and behold, the government of Argentina has posted its first monthly budget surplus in more than a decade. Uh, inflation and poverty were ravaging there. He's, you know, ever, no one really liked him. But now uh, they love him. Yeah. It's amazing that when he cut all the fat programs that were doing nothing for his country, they made $625 million. That's amazing. January was the first full month in office, uh, and it ended with a positive balance for the public sector finances of around 600 mil, um, and that includes payment of interest on the public debt. He's been negotiating with the International Monetary Fund over a $44 billion loan that is vowed to achieve balance in public finances this year. The zero deficit is not negotiable, the economy minister said. Millet... An economist himself advocated for all these cuts uh, and a reduction in public debt uh, on the way to dollarization of the economy. 50% of devaluation of the peso, a lifting price control, the strong rate increases. Argentina saw inflation rate of 20.6%. Yikes. But, you know, you start cutting fat like this and paying down uh, debt like this and things turn around pretty, pretty quickly. Good for him. He's the Argentinian Trump. Yeah. And said we're going to pay more interest on our own debt than we actually spend in our Defense Department the next year. 
Money, I don't know that money's real in America, you know? Not according to our government, it is. No, it's not real. According to our government, it's not real? Yeah. Oh, except when you owe them money. Oh, it's real as hell, man. Mm, yeah, it's very real then. <laughs> um, uh, New York City. Amazon driver came across a naked, drunk migrant. Uh, he's in the corner of the street, <clears throat> just flailing away, masturbating like crazy. He said, hey, what are you doing to the guy? Uh, the migrant identified as Yason Sanchez. I was unloading my stuff at a guy. He's like a pervert, he says. He had his penis out. He's in the corner of the street. He's jerking it. I said, what are you doing? And he went into my van where all my mail and boxes uh, were at. I pushed him away. He ran toward me like he was going to aggressively hit me. He said, I picked up a piece of ice from the ground and chucked it at, at him. I had to protect myself, he said. He couldn't help but think the recent unprovoked slashing of another Amazon worker in the Bronx. So what I did, he said, was I looked toward the floor. I saw a big snow pile. I picked up a piece and I socked him with it and he went down on his butt. He saw some cops nearby and ran to them for help, right? No brainer. You got to get the cops involved. This is some serious crap going down. Um, well, so the cops come over and Sanchez starts talking to the cops in Spanish, told them that I, I punched him in the face. The guy said, I... I told them there are cameras around. You could you could probably find something. They said there were no cameras. After it turned out into he said, she said, and that's how it went down. Sanchez lives at a shelter blocks away from the scene. He's still nude with his penis out, charged with uh, petite larceny and public lewdness. Uh, meanwhile, Abu uh, gets arrested. Charged with a third-degree assault. With a snowball. He's, this guy was trying to aggressively hurt me. I protected myself and my property from uh, uh, from my job. That's it. I ended up being taken in, and now I, I have an option. Uh, I have an open case about this. It's ridiculous, he said. I asked the cops for help. I ran to them for help. I said, hey, can you please get this guy? I don't want to hurt him. I already hit him with a snowball. Uh, he said he didn't want to do any damage with his hands. I didn't want to lose my job. He said I did things the right way. By the book, so I wound up going to jail. You can't hurt uh, an illegal alien in, in, in New York. Especially a nude one. That's a protected. It's, yeah, especially nude. Isn't it cold right now in New York? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that is just. You ought to be able to throw a snowball at a nude guy trying to accost you and not go to jail for it. Yeah, because this person did everything possible right i mean honestly they had the right to beat the crap out of a nude person trying to go through the mail that yeah. they're delivered that they're supposed to be delivering and they all they did was use a uh, wad of snow to deter the person and then go to the officers like they're supposed to and the cops arrest them over it when he was informed abu the the driver is informed by the new york post that sanchez was a migrant he said, well, that man was given, a ch was given a chance by being let into this country, and he did not use it. He said, I'm lucky I'm not an immigrant because I probably have to go to my own back to my own country. That's, that's really backward stuff, man. Um, good news. Uh, this is, wow. Whew, Yale has just issued 
an apology for their role in slavery. Um, they did a four-year research project sparked by the George Floyd murder that uh, wanted to account for everything that Yale had uh, d- done to contribute to slavery, every way that they were connected to slavery. Does that take four years? I mean, a, a school like Yale that has had historians since it opened its doors that have written everything about that school, does it really take four years to open a book and like, all right, guys, let's go through there. Yep, okay, we did some slavery stuff. All right, uh, <laughs> we're done. Everybody go home. Well, that's because they uh, they put together the, quote, Yale and slavery, slavery Research Project, which probably got paid a lot of money to do. Although there are no known records of Yale University owning enslaved peoples, they say many of Yale's Puritan founders owned enslaved peoples, and did as did a significant number of Yale's early leaders and other prominent members of the university community. And the research project identified over 200 of these enslaved people, acknowledging and apologizing for this history, are only part of the path forward. Why don't they crack open some of that endowment and uh, pay some restitution? Reparations. Nope, they wrote a very sad letter like a kid that had to write a uh, report for uh, a punishment. (laughs) They did. They say some of the enslaved people participated in the construction of Connecticut Hall, the oldest building on campus. Some worked in cotton fields, rum refineries, and other punishing places in Connecticut. Their grueling labor benefited those who contributed funds to Yale. Yale University has issued an apology. The project is an attempt to really look for that kind of truth. Look for truth and light. Sometimes truths are hard. Sometimes they're difficult. But this is a truth we have to confront. As, okay, can, can they... I'm happy for them. because Can they now just shut up about it on Yale? Or is it? Will it ever be enough? Did they disband the Yale uh, slavery uh, group? Did they? I mean, how deep did they dig into skull and bones history? Acknowledging and apologizing is only part of the path forward. What's the other part? What's the other way? What's the other part of the path? Uh, they're doing, gonna, uh, 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 just uh, languishing on the topic over and over, years and years. Uh, they're going to allow some ancestors of mm-hmm. the enslaved people to tear down some of the buildings. <laughs> Take a sledgehammer yeah. to, uh, to Connecticut Hall. I will be returned. We will get to your delivered remarks. And Neuralink's first human patient is healed up. And you won't believe what they're able to do right now with their mind. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Okay, man, time to be an all-star caregiver. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Be there emotionally and physically. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. say about the uh, the news about the New York Times the White House is reportedly extremely upset of the New York Times coverage of President Joe Biden uh, but A.G. Sulzberger the publisher said well, I'm not going to kowtow he was uh, interview, in an interview with Reuters 
uh, for the study of journalism. Sulzberger promised that his newspaper will cover Biden and Trump fairly, meaning the paper will accurately report on the good and the bad of both candidates. <clears throat> he said, we're not anybody's o- opposition and we're not anyone's lapdog. We're going to continue to report fully and fairly, not on just Donald Trump, but also President Biden. Uh, he's, you know, the hard truth. He said, but they, they said Biden is historically unpopular uh, and a historically unpopular incumbent and the oldest man to ever hold his office. We've reported on both of those realities extensively, and the White House has been extremely upset about it. Not only are they reporting on his age and cognitive decline, but in the wake of the uh, her report, you know, he said he was an elderly man with a poor memory, there are, uh, the Times is publishing more opinion essays about his age. People in the Biden campaign have voiced their frustration. Recently, a campaign invited reporters and editors from the paper to campaign headquarters. Their mission was to correct what the campaign believes the newspaper is getting wrong. (laughs) The campaign has met with journalists for the most popular news outlets about their coverage of Biden. And those meetings, quote, have been substantive and productive, uh, with one exception, the New York Times. And while... The former editor, Margaret Sullivan of the Times, is criticizing her former employer for the cover, covering Biden's faults. Sultzberger recognized why even-handed coverage is important. He said, we're not saying that Biden's age and unpopularity are the same as Trump's five court cases. or uh, They're just they're reporting on what they believe that every, everybody sees. Don't you think that uh, that's a good publisher to know that to know that he, to know the people, to know the reading audience um, and really to have your finger on the pulse of general knowledge of American people. And, and generally, most Americans know that, that Biden has some issues, age and cognitive issues and memory issues. And we all know it. It's like the, the emperor has no clothes. We all know it. And he he knows as a publisher of a, I don't know, if it was once respected or currently respected, I don't know where it lands there. This this certainly buys more respect for me, that to continue to not address it, you look foolish. You, you are, you're clearly censoring by omission, just to be friendly to the White House or whatever. I don't know where the White House gets off getting angry about it. Yeah, but this is the, uh, he looks at it and goes, okay, uh, we could uh, do the one side of reporting, but we lose half our sales because the people turn it on, pick up our newspaper, look at it, and immediately go, eh, I have no interest in it because you're lying to us. You're just giving us half the news and throw it away. Right. Uh, it's the same thing. MSNBC wonders why their numbers suck so bad. It's because you turn it on and the host goes, Biden is, we have three senators are going to tell you why Biden is the Sharp. toughest person they've ever had to talk to before. He would never want to get into a mental uh, fight with him. And everybody goes, click, I, because this is an absolute, you're lying to us. We, uh, we're we not stupid. If you want to come on and tell us, uh, you know, Trump is bad and also Biden is struggling, then okay. That people, you're going to pull more people that go, okay, maybe I'll listen to this. What if, um, what if... They had, uh, 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 I don't know, if somehow Rachel Maddow uh, didn't defend, <clears throat> you know what I mean? I mean, what are the, what's the price that, that Sulzberger will pay, or if any, by, uh, by telling the truth about Joe Biden's condition? And, uh, it, 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 I mean, is the White House going to, is there somewhere, I mean, what, what holds them together? 
When you say, oh, the liberal legacy media, uh, they're with the Democrats, what holds that bond together? Is it threat or is it let's all stick together and lie through our teeth if we have to, to continue to have power? Because that's what's behind it all. Power, power, power. And that's it. What You know what I mean? Is it is it just because they're all like-minded? Or, or, they, or do they, uh, I mean, does Rachel Maddow know that she's part of uh, a state news operation? Yes, she knows she's part of a machine. She plays her part. Uh, she gets her uh, millions of dollars, and she holds on and hope the company stick, sticks together. It's the same as the Joy Reads of the world. They know what they're, uh, what the show they're putting on is. It's it's media. It's uh it's a showbiz. It's the same reason that uh, we used to have uh, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless that would they would flip flop on whatever one topic they were doing that day is because they were told by their producer, their boss, to go out and say, "All right, you're going to be angry, really big, angry about this today." And right. whatever boss that MSNBC has right now goes to Rachel Maddow and says, all right, you're going to go out there today and tell about how just mm, smart and sharp Biden is. His age isn't a problem at all. And you're going to smile and then collect your paycheck. Uh, OK, here's my second question. Do you think some of them are at odds with that? Let's call it a character. Are at odds with what the, the opinions that they're I mean, are they do they apparently they feel no guilt or shame about things like lying about the president like he's the sharpest tack there is and you you have to you know he's a, a mental uh, giant and all of these things and they know they know but that's that that conflict i mean i could not go on if i if you paid me three million dollars a year five million dollars a year what do they pay you know some of them are in the tens and twenties and you know thirties and said look i know how you feel shannon but this is the script brother biden is the top He's the I, I I could do it, but you wouldn't believe me. No, but there you wouldn't you would know that the way I'm delivering it is not really genuine. But do I do you think that Rachel Maddow is genuine? Does I she come think across? She as? plays her part very well, uh, and if that's what she believes, she may she may honestly believe it because she the, some of the things that she says that there's no way that they wrote that down for her. Uh, there's at no point where there was a producer or a director or somebody that said, hey, all right, Rachel, we want you to go out there and say that Donald Trump is going to round up all the gay people and put them in camps. She, That's what she came in. She went out there, and her during her monologue, she probably scribbled out a sign. She's like, I'm, I'm going to hit him with the, the camps right, thing. Right, right, right. And then she hit it, and she was like, oh, yeah. And they she was expecting probably like the, them to call cut, the round of applause, and everybody, we're going to commercial, and oh, my God, you use the camps thing. That's insane. <laughs> So you think she like uh, just dials it up? Uh, that's generally, I know that she's a lib, right? And she's obviously a liberal person, LGBTQ, whatever. Uh, so she's in that camp, and she'll do anything to defend it, even if it means dialing up the hysteria. Uh, if you had an opportunity to interview, I think it was if you had an opportunity to interview Mike Pence or Trump, what would you ask them? And she said, I would ask them if they're going to put my, my friends and I in, in a camp. Very serious, and just let left it there. Yeah, they're not. It's a she uh, like says her stuff. She probably believes half of it, but she knows she can sensationalize right. it to the to the max. And then she goes out and gets in her Mercedes and goes to her high rise apartment and uh, has a glass of wine and calls it a day. Right. So does some scissoring first with her wife, I would imagine, just to take the you know the edge off. Yeah, but it's probably like really um, not even good. Does that like <laughs> methodical? Because she she didn't enjoy doing it. She's not even sure she's a lesbian, yeah. but it's, it's super cool to be one currently.
Ay, 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 ay. Um, should we get to these things? Huh? Let's get to the remarks, shall we? All right. You can deliver your remarks from the Florida Man radio app, where you're probably listening to the, uh, the this uh, product right now. It's a great way to catch up with the show and listen to it on your terms. Down at the bottom is a little microphone. Hit that baby, and you're we're off to the uh, the races. There we go. Powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Shannon, I did it just the other day. Inflated the value of my equipment to get a, to get a loan. No bubbles, no troubles. I mean, you know, you when you go to sell a car, you know, you always you inflate the value of it. Yeah, you don't ever go to the place and be like, "Yeah, what do you give me for it?" I'll get. I'll, t- I'll give. I'll take whatever you're giving me. <laughs> you don't go in there like, yeah, it's worth like six, I think. Right. <laughs> Does anybody else find it crazy that the state of New York will give you a slap on the wrist for beating up police officers and will fine you three hundred and fifty million dollars for building a a tower? What do we come to? This is ridiculous. This is just such an obscure reason to sue anybody. It's really mind-boggling. If this doesn't prove that this is a giant witch hunt, I don't know what will. These people that are going after Trump don't realize that if and hopefully when he does get reelected, he's probably going to come after them. He's not the type of guy to be a better man and let it go. (laughs) He's going to have vengeance on him. So... We'll see what happens. Good luck. I would imagine. I would imagine some type of. I would imagine that he would even go executive order with some very carefully crafted language that would prevent, would make her, uh, uh, you know, what she did illegal. I think my gender spectrum would be tank girl, a little bit of tank girl mixed with Catwoman. What's Tank Girl? Uh, it was a movie starring Lori Petty uh, back in the 90s, uh, based off a comic. Uh. You know, I wonder if these Mexican ladies that have to clean the hotel rooms that, um, that these illegals are staying in, I wonder if they're pissed off that, that they're making pennies on the dollar having to clean up these rooms for these people that are getting handouts and all that stuff. Makes me wonder. You just spoke a moment ago about how they are creating a dependent class. And I'm just reminded to once again ask that you consider that these are features and not glitches. Right. Of course you, you create a dependent class. <coughs> they were they and then and then this new dependent class of millions and millions of illegals know that they ever to vote for a Republican, they don't like illegals and they don't like, uh, uh, you know, handouts and entitlements and they'll cut it all off. So you've, you've cemented them to the Democrat Party. Yeah, because most of them that actually do uh, not be a dependent and get out and work and get into a career and then they look around and go, wait a second, this has no, they don't follow any of our ideals at all. Right, right. Most, most Latin American, you know, citizens uh, despise this type of uh, illegal immigration. Let's look at this migrant crisis in our major cities for what it really is. And what it really is, 
is an infection and it's spreading like wildfire and it's not going to stop it's going to keep attacking our constitutional republic and to the conservatives do something about it and vote the people in to stop the hemorrhage this is nuts and we're not going to survive and everything's going to get boarded up if we don't freaking fix it yeah I, I, he says an infection i would describe it more like a fungus you know Todd Daytona, the Courage to Serve Act. Didn't they try that with black folks back in World War II? Seems hinky to me. Also, what a great way to allow another country to infiltrate our military. What the hell are they thinking, man? You don't think that in the 8 million uh, illegals that have arrived, let's just consider them uh, from our, our continent uh, before we consider other countries. Um you don't think among the 8 million there could be 40,000, which we're shy on recruiting, that we could find 40,000 that are eager to uh, to become a citizen the, the easy, the quick way, the, re- the good way, and along uh, the path, uh, you know, uh, really assimilate. What's a better way to assimilate into American culture than to join the American military? Hey, guys. I agree, Shannon. I'm not sold on uh, recruiting these illegals into the military either. You know, it's obvious that this administration has done everything they can to gut the military of good people. You know, they with the, the vaccine mandates and whatever else they can, the woke crap. And now they want to fill it back up with people that they can control. They can go in there and train them to fight against the whiteies when they get out. I don't know. I mean, we don't need to take some prisoners from El Salvador that have been recently released. You know, let's do a little bit of background check on them. I'm not sold on it really either, but something tells me that, uh, you know, there could be 40,000 good, well-intended illegals. Yeah, and more than likely they will be uh, the type. You're not putting these people to run uh, the nuclear silos or anything like that. Right. They're they're going to be grunts, grunts. Yeah. Hey, Shannon. Hey, I'm curious. What do you suppose the odds are if Biden does run all the way to the end, loses? What are the odds that he enacts martial law or something like that, saying that Trump cheated and, you know, just holds on the power, you know, Zelensky style? Well, I was thinking about this last night. There's an extra wrinkle in it uh, for Biden if Trump wins because Biden has set the precedent that former presidents can be prosecuted for crimes. And just and if we play by their book, show me the man, I'll find the crime. And, and, I, and I got a feeling that uh, Donald Trump would find the time during his busy day to stick the DOJ out. Yeah, Brockton, Mass. Let me tell you, it's mostly black. I'm from Fall River, Mass, just south of Brockton. Brockton, you know, the story you're saying, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> get the National Guard in. That's the only way to get that school under control. It's a mess up there, let me tell you. Beat him, beat him. If you need the National Guard at your high school, <laughs> something's wrong. It is. I'm not going to lie. It is pretty hilarious listening to Trump supporters and their BS excuses. I mean, here you've got a guy that lost the 2020 election. He lied about losing. He's lost 60 times in court. He's been indicted in four different jurisdictions for 91 felonies. He's lied about classified documents, and he owes, what, nearly $500 million from civil court decisions against him? Yeah, this is your guy? Okay. 
Yeah, it is really my guy. And you know he had to write that down. Yeah, and again, did not answer any of the questions of, uh, so it was again another drive-by uh, right. thing. Who, who is your guy? Drive I'm, I'm curious. Now, it- of all, uh, seriously, it, who is your person that you prefer? Because you don't seem to like Biden. Uh, you're definitely anti-Trump. You don't like Nikki Haley. You never liked Ramaswamy. So, and you definitely didn't like DeSantis because he went against Disney. And, oh, yeah. And, didn't and that guy loves him some Disney. So where is the person that you want like? That's my only question. It's simple. Yeah, give us the guy you're pulling for. Look, here's the deal. Without question, Donald Trump will be the GOP nominee. There's, there's just no, unless something extremely dramatic happens. He's going to be the GOP nominee. Um, that's it. End of story. And it looks as if, and they tell us that Biden's going to be that nominee. Given those two options, it's so, a, yeah. Are it's you a just no-brainer. going to uh, sit at home and not do anything? Is, is that the person you are? That then that's okay. Uh, but everyone knows that now that you're right. a person that has no interest in anything and you're just a bystander, other than hating on Trump. How do you choose one conversation from another? Because Shannon, awesome, always awesome, dear Lord, man. But look, there's bombs being dropped everywhere you just did. How are you supposed to just cover one of them on an open mic? What? When do we declare and all stand together and ask them all to step down from their offices and let us replace them? That's a foolish statement. You think Americans band together and just write a letter to Congress? Please uh, all step down and let us replace you. Oh, okay. I'm going to try it. <laughs> Todd Daytona. Sounds like Brockton just needs James Belusi as the principal to come riding his motorcycle up there <laughs> yeah. and uh, straighten them all out. Makes perfect sense. Beat a beat him. That was a really good B movie. Shannon, I'm here at Eric Brockton High, and I'm here to tell you that it's just more fake news from the media. Eric, these students are real go-getters. They're entrepreneurial. Eric, they're on the vanguard and the cutting edge of what will be our future Eric business leaders. Eric, Tyrone, Eric, we're supposed to move product, Eric, not consume it. I'm sorry, Eric, it's busy here. You know, these kids are Eric. They're fantastic. Eric, Stephanie, Eric, you girls got the money you owe me. Eric, don't make me go pimp hand, Eric. The guy that threw the snowball was actually a coke dealer, and the snowball was made out of cocaine. That's why they arrested him. Star Trek guy here. I know, you know, Yale and slavery and stuff, but uh, aren't at the end of the day, aren't we all just slaves to the man? Be-do, be-do. <laughs> <clears throat> Hey guys, Yale should have to, should have to self-discipline and tear that wall around that uh, campus in the nastiest part of New Haven there is. I mean, it's a real dump around there. They should have to tear that giant wall down and just allow the beauty of the campus for everyone that lives there. That's true. <clears throat> and allow, uh, you know, it's uh, really a uh, human rights violation not to allow people to tra- walk all over the campus. A statement about democracy. We don't have a democracy. We have a society, a society of life. The way we live here in America, United States of America, this is our society. We are a republic. We got our independence from another country, two different countries, Mexico and England. So let's keep it straight. 
when we talk about real words. We are a republic. Our independence is through a republic. A democracy will kill you. But a society can sustain anything. Okay. We are a society. Uh, <clears throat> Wait a minute. Are you saying Biden has cognitive decline and Trump has 91 indictments against him and is Hitler? Come on, Shannon. Where are you getting this from? Woo, <laughs> uh, Rachel Maddow, man. I would not like to fight that guy. He was, she was underwear with weenie holes in them. <laughs> okay. We're getting dark. We're about. Yeah, it's it's Tuesday. It says Tinfoil Tuesday, and we're talking about some time travelers. Oh, I like time travel talk. Yeah, weirdly enough, all they, they keep coming back or, well, going to the future and coming back or coming back from the future, and they have photographs, but they're... That's all they ever bring. That's always just pictures. Well, bring us like a fancy ga- gadget from. You we'll know? talk about a couple of them. All the like every one of them is like, hey, here's a picture. The only problem with going back in time is you can't go back as yourself because yourself is. If you go back within your lifetime, yourself is already there. Yeah, like the one he's like eight thousand from. He comes from the year eight thousand. So, eight thousand. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So he's not. Wow. Seems uh, to me he's the only guy that's real though. The rest of them are like human cyborg people, which I, I believe by eight thousand. Eight thousand years. Yeah, we'll be half we'll half robot, if not full robot by then. Yeesh. All right, those are the remarks we have time for this hour. We do it again in the final hour. They are brought to you by Morris Family Farms. Hang on, it's a Shannon Burke show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. First human patient is up and uh, they say made a full recovery. I guess that's from the surgery, right? Well, yeah, his brain didn't explode when they loaded it all up. So do they do they have to cut your skull? Uh, or is there some place they go underneath there? I don't know. I assume they got to get to the brain, so they got to do some brain surgery to you. Um, there is a. Uh... But he's not, uh, you know, one of those monkeys with the brain melting seizuring. So I guess <laughs> success so far. Well, he they can um, move, uh, uh, work a computer with their brain, and I start to think that would be like right here. I'm using a mouse, and I have to look where I'm going. I'm, you know, if I could just look at it and think it and play it here. The joy of connecting with your loved ones, browsing the web or even playing games using only your thoughts. This is made possible by placing a small, cosmetically invisible implant in a part of your brain that plans movements. The device is designed to interpret your neural activity so you can operate a computer or a smartphone by simply thinking about moving. No wires or physical movement are required. So you're just thinking of like, uh, like say you want to type a text. Mm-hmm. You just think the words you want to type and they appear? Yes. Man. You're like, uh, click open email. You just uh, think it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Open email. Or do you even have to say it? You don't have to say it. Yeah, you're just in your mind. Go to you, porn. <laughs> By participating in the Prime study, you'd be helping to redefine the boundaries of human capability. If you've been living with quadriplegia from a spinal cord injury 
or with ALS, you may qualify for the prime study. We'd love to so, share more with you. Uh, the study uses a robot uh, the, to uh, surgically place the brain com- uh, computer interface implant in a region of the brain that'll tell you where. That controls the intention to move. Uh, Neuralink said that adding that the initial goal is to enable people to control a computer cursor or keyboard using their thoughts. Now, here's my my question. Uh, okay, you can do that. Is that all this one chip can do? And you're like, okay, you're great. Thanks for participating in the study. Have a nice life controlling your computer and your iPhone with your thoughts. We'll see you later. And then the next guy gets, uh, you know, it's a new chip. It's got, or is that the first one upgradable? Can you download a new software to it or whatever? Um. Like the next one will make you, I need an erection right now. Or, you know. I think you're looking at the brain version, the brain chip version of an iPhone. Where. The iPhone 3, the first you're one. You're going to need, like, uh, people are going to be laughing at you, like, oh, you've got Neuralink 2. <laughs> I stood in line for Neuralink 12 in the rain. So, uh, your Neuralink doesn't have uh, 12K capabilities, does it? Right, right. Look, I'm an, I, I think it's, uh, you know. If you can, if you can help a paralyzed person use their limbs again, man, that's that's just yes. I mean, that's, that should be uh, the way it's used. Not so much uh, using your brain or play, to play video games or do all that. It should we be. We got to walk before we can run, right? Yeah, but it needs to be to get the guy that can walk again, so he can run. Uh, and we need to be working on getting people limbs again that they can use, and uh, the blind person to see and the deaf right. person to hear. What about? My concern is also, can this thing be reverse engineered? Instead of uh, you thinking about movement, it tells you what to, how to move and what to do. Maybe. I mean, in the end, we may find out that Elon is a super evil genius that everybody thinks he is, and he gets these implanted everybody, and then he just flips another switch, and everybody all of a sudden is a... Every Tesla does a uh, one of those Robotron uh, things that turns into a soldier, and then, and you know, kicks you out of the car. Yeah, and you're, you're like kicks in and your brain walking towards some sort of Tesla factory. <laughs> That's to keep to robotically make more Teslas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I like this lady in New York City. She, West Village there. Uh, so Jane Duncan taking a walk a few blocks from Washington Square uh, Park. A known local vagrant suddenly jumps in front of her, pulls a knife out of his pocket and she said, as he was pulling his knife, I start coughing like crazy all over the place. And I said, man, I've got COVID. I'm on the way to, I'm on my way to the ER. <laughs> and she said, as he, as he's doing that, he got scared and ran away. I mean, this lady's a genius. I had never thought of that. You, she has reverse engineered a pandemic for her own safety. She actually, she deserves an award. Okay, yeah. We need to figure out an award yeah. to give this lady. Uh, that's really, I, I, that's a way, I, I've never thought about uh, weaponizing phony COVID before, but it, you know, other than getting out of work one day, you know, you could call in and, you know, you're off for a week. Um, she uh, lives in her childhood, near her childhood home. There, she said, you know, when people are aggressive, getting in my face, I, I just start coughing and saying I have, I have COVID and I'm on my way to the ER. Uh, it, it works. And then she said, this used to be a real frou-frou area. Uh, the little area that were rents are about five grand a month. She said, but I noticed people getting more and more aggressive about panhandling to the point where they're practically mugging you. 
she went to to, uh, to the cops, and they just kept asking her, are you sure it was a knife, ma'am? Are you sure it was a knife, man? She said, I'm not an idiot. I know what a knife looks like. So I'm sleeping on the bench. A few days later, she called the cops again, uh, you know, fearing for her teen, teenage son. And they're like, look, wake up. Wake up, buddy. Wake up. I was like, oh, my God, you're not going, you're not doing anything. Duncan didn't tell the officers the guy had a knife. The man hadn't been charged. Um, <clears throat> you know, he was homeless. <laughs> he said, he explained he was homeless. I sleep in the street. People think I'm crazy. Yeah, they think I'm crazy. Then he said, then he cursed at us and became irrational. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's crazy. Yeah, could be. All right. Ready to get dark? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do that. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. Uh, it's Tuesday. Time travel. Yes, it is time to fashion yourself a spiffy little hat. There's really not a machine. I think it's a portal. Uh, of some sort. There's been different ones. We've talked about it before with some of the other guys. The these are one some new ones, but we've had the guy that drove a V. He had like a uh, old station wagon. Apparently, the future. <laughs> I don't know if they were uh, just like a, a Back to the Future type thing where they're like, all right, we got to uh, give him a vehicle that maybe people will know what it is. Yeah. So he drove an old station wagon back. Uh, but there's a good chance that you have a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, somebody you've walked across the street. Uh, Someone that you have had a sexual relations with that may have been from the future or the past or your future or their past or somewhere in between there. It gets a little wonky. Honestly, you may have made your own grandpa at some point. You know, because he traveled back. Uh, yeah, just to check on me. Well, you know, if you uh, you you had a hot woman travel back, you had sex with her. Uh, then they uh, then she was later on born. You uh, she was you, you were her grandfather now. Yeah, it's a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, what about the butterfly effect? I possible. We don't know. We we have no idea if things smash together, universes collide. If uh, or you're in a different dimension, you're in a di- different dimension. But we've had a lot of people that have claimed to be time travelers, be it. Uh, from the future, from the past. And one of the most intriguing stories of time travel was told in February 2018 by a man who went by the name Edward. He claimed to possess a photograph of Los Angeles submerged underwater from the year 5000. And it was a, not a Polaroid, but an older... Uh, Come on. <clears throat> like, year, would, like an actual photograph what, you would hold in your hand. You know, we haven't had those wait, in years. Right. <laughs> the year 5000, we will not have photographs. Yeah, and he showed it and it looked... Like someone had taken a picture of L.A. and just uh, yeah. uh, composited the ocean. <laughs> the water over it. <laughs> uh, he also brought with him, though, a rather detailed story to go along with the picture of uh, L.A. underwater. He claimed to have become involved with a top-secret shadow government experiment somewhere around 2004, in which he would travel to the year 5000. He was originally working as a technical support engineer when he was approached to work with the secret organization concerning a sphere of technical innovations. Huh. Uh, Edward will also assert that the very best minds in science and technical uh, and technological development are usually snapped up early by the shadow government. Uh. So all those uh, uh, celebrity scientists you see or the people that, that pretend like they're really smart aren't. Because they would have been snapped up by the shadow government oh. already. So, so they're here, they're really yeah. not that good. <laughs> Neil Tyson Degrassin over there, uh, or Degrass Tyson, yeah, the guy's not there. Uh, Bill Nye, don't even worry about him. According to Edward, due to the melting of the polar ice caps, 
Humanity survives by floating on the waters in cities on huge wooden platforms. Uh, I did not get a chance to look at it. What year did Waterworld come out? Because this is exactly the plot for really? Waterworld, and he said he left uh, in 2004. 90s? It had to be like 98, 97. Uh, let's see if I can real quickly. Uh, 95, actually. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, this is the plot of Waterworld. This guy thinks that everybody's living on floating platforms out on the ocean. Although he wouldn't disclose any further intricacies of his work, he stated that the secret project continued with the amount of money changing hands at times, equaling some countries' annual budgets. So, a lot of money going back and forth between the shadow governments as they collect uh, scientists like Pokemon and then continue to travel back and forth in the future. <laughs> a similar claim would come from a man named John, although he was from the future, the year 4000 right. to be exact. I like that they always come back from a very, a very specific even, yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they were like uh, 4137. Uh, he was a co-founder of a leading car company from his time known as Zucar. Z-U-C-A-R. Uh, he, according to his claims, spent the last six years living in the past that is our president due to the concerns with the raise, rise of AI and the consequences for humanity. This guy was sent back to destroy AI. This guy saw Terminator. Uh, oh, that was, that was the whole base of that, yeah. wasn't it, kind of? I like that uh, John also had a photo to prove that he was from the year 4000. Okay, what did it look like? And it was it looked like the Tesla line now does. It was like robotic arms working on uh, <laughs> cars. Literally. What, year, like, was, what year was this? Uh, he was, uh, what year did he say he was, uh, I think it was 2016, so that he was talking about. Uh, John would also offer up photograph of the world of endless years from now. It appears to show an automated car processing plant from the future with spider-like machines in the process of mass-producing a futuristic-looking vehicle. Said by John to be the DR-18, a car that is or, well, will be impossible to have an accident. Impossible to have an accident. Absolutely impossible. The car is like the perfect car. Uh, He states... that I mean, John may not be that far off here. John stated that the artificial intelligence performs most of the work in the future. It's not the only the laborious jobs either. Much of the intelligent work is work carried out by robots with very little human intervention. One thing that is a little bizarre to some this was the claim that no birds exist in the year 4000. It's because birds don't exist now. They're There's just, no birds, huh? Just government machines. Yeah. Well, you know why? There are no birds then. Because there are no, going to be no power lines in 4000, so they won't be able to uh, perch on them and char- recharge their batteries. No, I, was, I thought you were going to get to exactly the reason why, but you're not quite why you think there would be no birds um think about it's not it's not well no think about what type of cars we're supposed to have by that time period flying cars yes they hit them all they killed them all exactly that they were all destroyed intentionally so as to prevent damage to the flying cars (laughs) oh they got rid of them on purpose we killed all birds oh my god your flying tesla didn't get a ding in it (laughs) That'll teach them. Uh, furthermore, pets that we take for, to, for granted today, such as dogs and cats, are almost extinct. Uh, the few remaining dogs and cats can only be viewed in zoos now. Dogs and cats are in zoos? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have companion animals? No. Nope. We couldn't get a parrot. We killed them all. Yeah, we killed all the birds. <laughs> I'd like to think by then we've got like tiny little mastodons and things like that. We're walking because we've already done a lot of genetic engineering. and Like uh, you're walking with a saber-toothed tiger yeah. and yeah. You're like, ew, you have a dog? Gross. <laughs> January 2018 came Clara. Told of serving in a secret part of the United States military and in turn became part of a top secret experiment back in 2000. She would claim to be sent to the year 3780 
So she's not quite still keeping even years, but she went for uh, a little more of a uh, abstract year instead of just like thirty seven. What year was it? Thirty seven eighty. Okay, good. Uh, her mission was to bring back a piece of technology that was to be used for unknown <clears throat> secret purposes. She went to the past. No, she was sent to the future. Oh, she was sent to the future to get some technology. Yes, but she didn't know what the technology was. Well, well that was poor instructions. Well, Clara, though, at least can explain time travel a little bit. She tries to explain the basic principle of it, and she would state, Imagine time as a measurement such as height, length, or depth. Let's say you're swimming in the sea at a depth of two meters. You could easily go deeper. This is the same thing you can do with time if you have the appropriate equipment and knowledge. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I was well, no, yeah. That's not a real good explanation, lady. I said that uh, it has to be said that the appropriate equipment and knowledge line is pretty much the kind of the get out of jail free on that one because yeah. she'd be like, uh, don't you get it? You just go two more meters deep if you've got the appropriate equipment. Regardless, Claire also claimed that time travel is used regularly right now in 2018 and has been for decades, saying the technology is used for military searches. Mm-hmm. Now, of the three that we've talked to about, all three have been American. So, do you think that American time that time travel is an American thing, like no. apple pie and baseball? Uh, it's only except apple pie isn't actually an American dish, but I don't know. I suppose that people uh, all over the world claim. I mean, is there one predominant country over another that time travelers come from? Uh, it seems a lot of them are American, but this one, he's Greek. Yeah, it's not just the U.S. military is conducting secret ventures involving time travel. It would appear in December 2017, an anonymous man. He claimed to have traveled to 3207. See, Greek Good. guys pick Good. years that just like you can't really put put a number on. Like 3207. All right, that's yeah. you got a little more uh, description on there. It was part of a top secret project by the Greek military. Ah, uh, he would uh, recount having served six years in Greek services before receiving an invite in 2013 to advance his career by taking part in a secret project. The Greek military officer apparently spent two days in 3207, although he couldn't give any further details than that. Uh kind of a more interesting part. A similar story would come out of Greece only a month later. This time, the alleged time traveler had been a student when an unnamed professor offered him the chance to take part in a time travel experiment in 2008. He accepted and was transported to the year 10,000. Once again, went with a... Uh, I guess flatly... Mm-hmm. Like, you dial it in, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, like the other time travel claimants, he was also able to return with a picture. Again, he came from the New Year 2000 and came back with a picture that yeah, came looking like... On the like, back said Kodak on yeah, it. Yeah, he went for like one hour photo <laughs> and got it. Uh, the reason for the experiment was the knowledge of a uh, war sometime in the future between humans and the AI. Uh, another story that did receive some considerable coverage, although it was pretty short, was that of William Taylor, who claimed in 2018 to have been a part of a top-secret British intelligence product project for almost two decades. Uh some disturbing parts of that. Taylor would state that in the year 8973. 8970. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, this is the year he traveled, but humans were gone. Replaced in the favor of part human, part robot species that enjoys eternal life. Part human, part machine. Oh, there's no humans? Yep, just half human, half machine, Damn eternal right. life things. Which then you start one right, like, which parts would you take of That's machine? That's exactly yeah. where my mind went. That's exactly. Look, we're going to be all machine except for our genitals. Right, fellas? That's right. It's like a world council that got together and convened on that. Like, all right, guys, uh, we're, we're, we're all writing down. Like, robot hands? Yes. All right, cool. Uh, he also was able to obtain several pictures of the future world 
But when he returned in 2005, they were confiscated by the UK intelligence services. So the Queen got to see him. Uh, Taylor also revealed several other interesting pieces of information, including that time travel had been available to governments of the world since 1981. What's more, in addition to the ability to travel through time, they have the ability to travel between dimensions and timelines. See, that's what you, that's what you need equipment. It's not a hole in a you know a, a porthole. You know, yeah. Uh, the technology is a result of recovered UFOs that have been reversed, you uh, engineered. Some positive news to look forward to, though. He did say that the public knowledge of time travel will be made in 2028. So we got uh, four more years, and we can get that. And then they're going to publicly say yep. they, it's 2024, and we're barely getting into UFOs. Yes. By 2020, okay, we, we can dive travel. travel too, yeah. <laughs> Want you to meet uh, Steve. Steve from uh, 2732. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you, Steve? Nice to meet you. <laughs> Why we don't wave in 2732? We just communicate telepathically. <laughs> All right, Steve. I can tell you're part human, part robot. What's the penis? Come on. We went. You'll be happy to know that in the future we stuck with the real flesh and blood genitalia for. <laughs> Crowd goes wild. <laughs> Noah Novak, he's a man that has traveled forward, back, and back and forward again. Ah. He, uh, not only did Noah travel from the year 2030 to 2070, he met himself 40 years older. And then both Novaks traveled to the year 2018. What What did he, well, he met himself. I heard, yeah, so I, he, I, like, he traveled from 2030 yeah. to 2040, met his older self, and yeah. then him and his older self, I don't know, maybe they, uh... One of those self-narcissist things where you're like, all right, 40-year-old me is like super hot. And they say, let's travel back to 2018. It doesn't say they had sex, but it was weird that he like went to 2040. He saw himself like, hey, let's go back to 2018. Is it even gay if you did yourself? I don't know. (laughs) I think uh, Socrates had that same uh, pondering himself. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On a list of wacky claims, this incident is perhaps the first to be dismissed by even the most open-minded enthusiasts in time travel. However, that being said, perhaps it's worth noting some of the predictions the Novaks offered regarding life over the next decade or so apparently came true. Uh, come 2020, we can look forward to another four years of Trump presidency. So he missed that one. Yeah. yeah he was close. Uh, he said he would win a second term of office. Uh, the following year in 2021, an explosion of AI would take place over all over the planet. will not show signs of slowing down once it begins. Uh, he got all that right. one right. Yep. And by 2028, the first manned mission to Mars will successfully take place. He's, maybe he'll get two out of three. 2028? Yeah. Uh, I think we're further than that away from yeah, it. Maybe. Hmm. Uh, perhaps the most interesting part of it all, though, was the claims of an other world event in 2028. Like William Taylor said, the world will be introduced to the realities of time travel two years before the 2020s sign off. So he also, the two Novaks, both said 2028 is the year to look forward to them announcing time travel. I don't think they would. They could ever announce time travel. Ever, ever. You think that... Uh, 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 announcing UFOs would cause panic, uh, you know, like a uh, an intimate. The, like we know they're here. Well, we're just we talk have to them. have somebody really uh, ready to go. Like, How many people are going to be lied? Well, listen, I need to go back and fix some things. <laughs> if I can just dial in here, send me back. Well, I'll come course, right back. Yeah, and the first reporter is going to go raise his hands. Go. Why didn't we kill Hitler? And then you have to explain why you can't kill the person that ha- that had a time because if. Maybe there was a super Hitler before that, and we've killed super Hitler, and we got regular Hitler, and they were like, "All right, let's call it even." Like, uh, right? Uh, we, we're gonna just eat, we're gonna get varying degrees of Hitler. We're gonna take this one, so yeah. <laughs> he's the lesser of all Hitlers, right? 
Uh, now, what would you happen if you were a time traveler from a small Soviet, former Soviet country like Georgia? If I was a time traveler from there? Yeah. Now, just imagine that one of the, again, a small Soviet, former Soviet USSR con- country. You'd probably uh, go try to go back and stop people? Yeah, well, he was a man from the small European country of Georgia who preferred to withhold his name, mainly because he was afraid probably of the KJB or something yeah. like that. But he traveled to the year 9428. Again, I like when they pick out a yeah. very specific year. According to the unnamed traveler, his account has its roots back in 1987 when Georgia was part of the Soviet Union. Like all the other Eastern Bloc countries of the Soviet states, Georgia was active in secret Soviet scientific experiments and investigations. While the main drive behind these experiments was to make people's lives easier, mm, sure. Uh, some military experiments looked to finding new weapons as well as injections that could make superheroes from a man. So apparently they took this just poor Georgia dude, just Georginian, and sent him to far flung into the future. Find out how you can uh, make make super people yeah. and bring us back to technology. He was sent to the future to see everything with his own eyes and then report back. He embarked on his journey on December 11th, 1987, traveling to the year 9428. He would further explain the reason for sending him so far ahead into the future was due to time travel operating in phases of only roughly 400 years. Oh, like so you can't one, yeah. go straight to well, no, 94. It's more, you got to uh, go a little bit, skip a little bit of time. You can't jump into a gap. So, so time, maybe there's, eh, well, we're going to give time bubbles. We're going to use this term that there's uh, 400 years bubbles and you cannot enter those if you're in that. So the, the way they're explaining it is that if you're in 1985, you can't travel. You can only travel in this 200 year before and 200 year after bubble. Then like, those are you the can't, rules. Well, you can't travel in there. You're stuck okay. in that. But you can travel outside that bubble to the next set of 400 years. Well, that's weird. Yeah, it's a little waffle there. Uh, he said that uh, with this in mind, a journey only 400 years in the future would be sufficient to return answers the scientists were looking for. So they sent him to 9428. They just like flung him way. And did he find out what he was looking for? Uh, no. Are, are there any super Georgianians around, one no, around here? No, so, not. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll finish one real quick one with uh, the... 2018, a purported time traveler only known as W.D. Davis, because he said it would be a danger to reveal his real name, uh, stated that he had arrived from the year 2200. Furthermore, he wasn't even empty-handed with him as proof he claims he had a miracle food pellet uh, that had enough sustenance to last a person a week. Further still, these pellets had eradicated world hunger and were issued on a monthly basis by the government. That's right. One pill. Every, Every month you got a weak pellet. Enjoy your weekly pellet, thanks to your <laughs> supreme government. green is people. Uh, just when you think those claims were outlandish, Davis would put forth that he was, in fact, 103 year, three years old. These pellets not only feed you for a week, they also keep you alive. And that the average human life expectancy was somewhere around 200 years. Wow. This was due to the eradication of all disease, including cancer, which in turn led doctors and pharmaceutical industry to no longer be needed. No, You don't need doctors anymore? Nope. Well, unless you need like, a plastic surgeon, maybe. Well, maybe you don't need that. Your boobs are already uh, perky. They're also, alive. you think that's good? No pharmacy and no doctors? People are also living on, alongside shape-shifting aliens, both on the surface of the planet and in underwater cities. And people are also living on Mars. So, you know, Excellent. We got a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. Shape-shifting. My neighbor is a shape-shifting alien. <laughs> All right, hold on to your pants, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan Morris from the Morris Family Farms is up next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. The next level. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice. But wisdom's harder to come by. 
lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is, few can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. You've got support. You can't control the chaos, but you can chart your way through it. Steady yourself. MakeTheConnection.net Smiles are powerful. They spread joy, laughter, and hope. But not everyone gets a fair chance at a smile. Every three minutes, a baby is born with a cleft, making it difficult to talk, hear, eat, and even breathe. In America, most children with clefts receive immediate care, but others around the world may never have access to the surgery they need to thrive. Smile Train is changing that. As the world's largest cleft charity, our sustainable model has sponsored more than 1.5 million smiles. We offer training and financial support to local medical professionals so they can provide life-changing surgery and other essential services at no cost to families. It's more than to see these children, to hear the difference that we make. And for me, being born with a cleft with a palate, knowing what they went through, is so life-changing for me. Help us change the world one smile at a time. To learn more, visit smiletrain.org slash learn. Jonathan Morris from Morris Family Farms. Fame is here. Florida's Butcher. I like that. Florida's Butcher. Hashtag me. Yeah. Because, you know, I like to be called uh, Radio's Shannon Burke. Yes. Also, I like that he said hashtag me like he's ever going to see anywhere. That that's hashtag me. <laughs> yeah. I'll never see it, but hell, hashtag me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, I'll hear about it. I'll hear about it. All right, so I was trying to figure out, I didn't know this was inappropriate to tell somebody to slide into my DMs. I thought that was something you talked about. Uh, later on, sign to my DMs. Well, no. I mean, sliding in is one. Uh, send me a DM is one thing, or DM me is one thing. Sliding in means some part of your nude body is going to be shown in the picture. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, or, or something highly suggestive you want to do that person sexually or physically. Oh. That's sliding into your DMs. So no wonder the choir leader at church looked And usually sliding into your DMs means it was uh, not requested. It was like, uh, you know, it was non you You just you took it upon yourself. This person didn't ask for it, oh. you know. You may not, they might, not, you might not even know them, but you just think they're hot. You know, well, hey, girl, and you, yeah, yeah. yeah oh. slid into her DMs. Yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, so I don't need to be inviting people to slide into my DMs. Don't say slide into my DMs. <laughs> okay. You'll have more DPICs than you can handle. <laughs> I don't want DPICs. I mean, you know, just say send me a DM or direct. Uh, uh, just DM me. DM me. Yeah, DM me. Uh, dirty. I mean, where would someone DM me? Are you even on the internet anywhere? Um, I will be. All right, that you keep threatening me. The internet's been waiting for a long time for Joe Morris to show up somewhere, but I he's don't want to break it. Not there yet. I, hey, my wife uh, and uh, cousin John, we uh, they did a deal with Barn the Door today, so they're saying we should be live and active in a full presence by Mother's Day weekend. What does that mean, Barn Door? It's, it's Barn the Door. I guess it's a company that helps farmers that don't know nothing get on the internet. We're gonna have a full online store. You're gonna go to organicmeat.com. Don't go there yet. There ain't nothing there, but. You'll be able to go there. We'll have the tomahawk to you.com. 
You can go in, you can see everything, click, buy. I get this pick, pack email, they say, and I ship it out. All right. Fair. Good. Look, I think it's a good, you know, it's about time. You, that's a great, We're gonna you have know, to take you, you, your, your sale could, exp- your sales, you, you don't know, you know, what might happen to your sales. So the lady on here is an incredible company. They really have hit well at. Right. Really? Are Why? they good? I'm just, just quickly doing... Are you doing, making fun of them? No. Barnador is an all-one business solutions for farmers selling direct. Increased sales, access more customers. They are a literal uh, marketing company for farmers. It's genius, wow. honestly. Well, there's, what's their cut? Flat fee or what? what? It, yeah, so there's an upfront fee and then there's a month, just a monthly basic fee. And you, right. get a, good. You, get a, you get a tutor every week, a farm mentor and... Farm mentor, the de- not mentoring you on farming, mentoring uh, on, on you how to, to sell, on how to internet. use internet stuff. Yes, yeah. sir. The lady, good for you. The lady's out of Tennessee. She listens to you, by the way. Oh no, kidding. She used to listen to you in Atlanta. She moved to Tennessee, wow. and I told her how to get a hold of you, so she's back listening to you on the on the app. What's her yes. name? Yes, I think it was Jessica. Hello, Jessica. Yes. Um, she the, so the the initial conversation. She's asking me everything I do. She's like, all right, just give me everything you do. Tell me everything. Don't hold nothing back. The entire time, all she did was laugh and say, "Bless your heart." What do you mean when you said that? Because uh, I would tell her, like, how, she's like, well, okay, so how do you ship 50 boxes a month? Uh, and I was like, oh, we advertise. My daughter writes it down on a piece of paper <laughs> for the phone messages, we, and then we hope we don't lose those pieces of paper. And then when we look for that uh, notebook where the, where the names are written down, comes shipping day, and we hand yes. label each and, 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 and then, then I drive 12 hours back and forth to go get boxes so I can ship them out. <laughs> yeah. So she's just going to revolutionize your life, man. She did. So right now, tomorrow, tomorrow is ship day. And William, Tyler, if you listen, I promise I'm shipping your order tomorrow. Uh, they've been waiting two weeks. And this won't happen anymore. You're right. This will no longer happen. I am doing my part to be better. I, I promise. And that's why. I'm, that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the people, not for me. Nah. So she said, "Well, on shipping day, what do you do?" I was like, "Oh, we go into the shipping website and we type in a name and we print a label and we type in a name." She's like, "You do that 51 times?" I was like, yeah, "Yes, ma'am." She's like, "Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart." <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. She's like, all you have to do is have a printer, have it on, have ink and paper in it. And on shipping day, when you get there, every one of your labels will be on your printer. Nice. I was like, really? She's like, yep. All you do is peel them off. I was like, wait, I don't have to tape them? Do they include postage in there, too? Everything. Or? Wow. And, and I don't have to go on a third-party website trying to find shipping prices. Right. It's just... You oh, guess, that is fantastic, dude. And then you guess you. an email, and they show up at my back door. Instead of me loading them all up in the truck and running them down to the UPS depot, UPS shows them at the back door and picks them all up. Imagine that. I know, right? And reoccurring charges. Meaning, like, I don't have to call you or text you. Right, run their credit card all the time. I, you get an email saying, hey, tonight at midnight, your credit card's go, going for organic meats. And as long as you don't say stop, it'll run the, the 159 or whatever. Fantastic, dude. And we're going to have a small box, a medium box, and a large box. Three boxes now instead of one box. Depend on your family size. Can you do like a specialty stuff too, if you There's want? There's going to be a list on the side. She says, "Nice things you can add to your box or create your what, own." What's box. the uh, What's the time frame? I'm excited about this. No, no, we we met today. They said we will launch by Mother's Day. Mother's Day weekend will be live. So what the week Mother's before Day? May. Oh no, April. When she, I think I think May. Don't quote me, but I think she said by Mother's Day weekend we'll be a. We're going to do a test run. Uh, she called it something. We tested out there. Beta. Beta testing. Uh, May twelfth. So you got a couple of months to get it already uh, yes. rocking. They're doing, they're doing logos and branding and nice, buddy. And it's That's crazy because like I'm sorry. Yo, go. so like we have uh, halfcow.com. I said like, we have halfcow at eight Gmail. We have Jonathan Moore's David eight at Gmail. We have organic meats. She's like we're gonna get rid of all that. There's gonna be just one. Moore's organic meats. Your whole life is simplified. I know. What am I gonna do with all my time? 
<laughs> I don't know, buddy. That's great, man. I think uh, you, you'll be uh, uh, you'll be shocked at how. And plus, you've got great reach here and in the panhandle, uh, and you know you could super focus on that. And you know, if someone in Atlanta gets an order that you don't have to drive up there unless you're doing a side of beef or whatever. Right. You know, they can get their order. That oh, did you bring that uh, beer? Yes, in their truck. So nice. I don't know Thank the you. rules. I One of my Atlanta side. fans sent me a probably John. Send me some scoff law. No, you actually, it was two different people. Uh, Everdrive J did one, and then, oh, who was the other one? Uh, it As, could have been Axel. I can't remember. John wasn't there this time. It was it was two different customers. Well, they heard you. God bless them. So ask, ask for a truck or something, and next time I go there, I'm going to bring you back a truck. <laughs> I asked for some scoff law, and I get a couple of, uh, I get a six-pack and a 12-pack. Uh, yeah. My favorite uh, Atlanta beer. Yeah, Jonathan, really, you got to really learn to, you got to use the power for good, not evil. So uh, if you want a couple cases, you got to want a couple six-packs of beer, you can't ask for the cars, and it starts getting a little uh, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird. All right. All right. That's good. Wow, that is great news, buddy. I am uh, proud of you. It, it's going to... Uh, Simplify uh, your life and, and and improve your brand, and uh, you'll get further reach. And people will start giving you glowing reviews. That goes a long way. Yes. And you just sit back, cut cows, and watch the money roll in. That's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna buy an extra wheelbarrow to get to the bank. Yep. Well, money. Well, it's gonna be direct. Yeah, to the I know. Yeah. But I still wanna, <laughs> I still wanna pretend that I'm collecting cash. Two Good things, for you, buddy. Good yeah, for you. Two, two things, real quick. She, they ran some numbers. And with everybody, every cell that goes through our register, you know, our little box there, Atlanta, Fort Walton, people here, Winter Garden, I mean, everywhere. They took all those numbers and then divided it or multiplied it by the number of residents in Lake Mary. We only service half a percent of the people that actually live in Lake Mary per number. Right? Obviously, we have customers all over the place. Right. But if, if everybody, customer we had lived in Lake Mary, we only serve half a percent. Wow. I know, and we've made a living on it. I mean, it's a hard living, but we make it. Thank you. Thank you. You got up to 3%, 4%. Exactly. Yes, I'm so excited. Then one day he was shooting at some food, and up from the ground come a bubbling crude. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Take me a minute. Yes. Because you know how many times someone has said to us, man, the only thing missing is the old lady in the rocket chair. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. He's moved on to Heathrow. (laughs) (laughs) Heathrow! That is actually very, very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Heathrow hillbillies. Y'all got pit bull tied up in the front yard. Your eight bedroom home. Julie and I, they throw the football through a tire. Four, four, four by four trucks in the drive, in the circle drive. Yeah. We Jacked live in Tiger Woods' old homes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. That'd be awesome. Put a yeah, pig smoking on a spit in the backyard uh, by the pool. <laughs> that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Brick papers don't look like bricks no more because the oil stains. All the oil leaking everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good farm stuff. Hell yeah. yeah. So we're good, excited. Good. You should be, man. It's a, that's a big move. And, uh, you know, I know it comes to some expense, but I think you're going to uh, realize it. In, in, uh, it's going to be great. And we couldn't do it alone. One of our, I don't want to be mentioned on air, but... Uh, he's a listener of the show. He's a loyal customer. He came in and he's helped me facilitate all that. So good. I'll, I'll talk to you during break about it. But awesome, awesome guy. So <clears> moving <throat> forward, what's happening with the uh, barbecue uh, side of the things? Well, this will give you more time. That's what you do with your time. You finish your uh, project yes. doing the, the barbecue. Deal. So I got the AC guy coming out this week to um, bleed the lines and cap them. You know, we're just not going to hack them. To move refrigeration. Yeah, then we're gonna de- yes, sir. then we're gonna demo out the, the the last two refrigerants. Then we're gonna strip the floor, redo the floor, 
start the walls. I'm going to get the whole show completely done. Then we're going to move in equipment. So I'm hoping by mid-March. Man. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Good for you, bro. Country carryout. Country carryout? That's what I'm naming it. Country carryout. Yep. What do you like? You like that name? You're a name doesn't guy. Say, doesn't say barbecue. Country carryout barbecue. <laughs> 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 I got big windows. I can add country carryout barbecue and steak burger. They're not dogs. And pork sandwiches. I'll think of a name. It's got to have a... a it got to say something about... Old-fashioned barbecue. I mean, you could get more inventive. You know? right. I'm a simple guy. I do simple stuff. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, boy, do I ever. <laughs> the other thing is, you know, we got we to gotta re- redo the commercial. Because right now, one of our biggest so commercials no, uh, is no nothing fancy, nothing no websites. Oh, all that's got to be retooled, and everything is going to be tagged with your online uh, store. And now you'll be like, super online fancy, store. super technology. <laughs> <laughs> He's sending meat from the future to you. <laughs> He's feeding your aliens next door. Yeah, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Morris goes high tech. <laughs> Nice, I love it. Good. Uh, All right. Well, what's going on at the uh, at the shop? What's happening? We're doing flat uh, smash flat top burgers every day now for lunch. Yeah. Come in and get a hot lunch. Make a cucumber salad. We got chips, little side to go with it. You get a burger, and we can do it doubles. Uh-huh. Uh, we got that. We got sausage sandwiches every day at lunch. Brisket sandwich. You get three options: sausage, flat top burger, or brisket sandwich. Good. Keep it simple. Yeah. Very simple. And then tonight it's a uh, picanha or brisket. I'm sorry, pecan or pulled pork with green beans and white rice. You got to explain to people what a pecan is. Oh, it's the butt cheek of the cow. It's the best thing on there. It's not it's literally the butt cheek. It's actually the cap. It's the sirloin cap. It's just right here. So when you get all the skin off the you head. You only got two on every cow? Only two on every cow. Yeah. If there's three, there's something, something going on, yeah. That's a GMO, GMO <laughs> butt cheek. <laughs> so it's the ass. Yeah, the sirloin cap, it sits, it sits back here. On the back side. Now why is it the, the best? Back? You think you love it. You eat it like uh, you it, think it's, it's great. Fantastic. It's fantastic. It sits just below the tri- or over, on top of the tri-tip, above the sirloin. I've never seen this at the Piggly Wiggly. They probably grind it. Uh-huh. If you don't know what it is and you're just being all willy-nilly with the knife, you can mess it up when you're cutting. So most commercial places, they're cutting so fast, they don't have time to stop and peel that cap off. Because if you don't cut it right, you'll mess up your tri-tip and your picanha. Right. So you have to pull that before you run things through the saw, and or you got to pull that whole sirloin. And it, you, it's a hunk of meat. It's not a. It's, it's, like, it's like a roast. Three pounds. Look, it's flat like a triangle. It looks like it looks like it looks like if you cut your butt cheek off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and as I view to a Brazilian steakhouse, it's called picanha. In English, it's called sirloin cap. I don't know how that translates. Maybe. Sirloin cap to picanha, but that's that's just the way. Picanha. I've heard people say picanha. Picanha. Picanha uh, West. Yes, no. very. Yes, it's very. Insane. And how do you cook it? I roast it uh, thirty-five minutes on the on the fat side, char it up real good, flip it over another fifteen twenty, then wrap it up for about an hour. And let smoke. it cook nice and slow on the smoker. Oh, you know what I need from you? What's that? Uh, we have much food things to talk about. Okay. For my little quick trip to Austin. Oh yeah. A little. Eighteen more minutes. I'm <laughs> just <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I had a uh, eggs Benedict, but. It was instead of the Canadian bacon and instead of whatever people sometimes put in this salmon, blah, blah, blah. It was pork belly. Really? And it was divine. And can you smoke me a pork belly? I can. You want the whole thing? How big is it? About 12 pounds. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, but I want to. I want to. What I want to get it smoked, and then I would uh, want to like uh, put it on the on the on the black stone and oh, let it yeah. uh, caramelize, get it real, you know, crisp yes. on one side. Dude, I, I've, it's like a whole new meat department for me. 
You've never eaten pork belly? I have, but I've, but I've, you know, it's usually... In bacon. You, it's already been made in the bacon. No, it's, it's, uh, I have had pork belly, but it's always, it's few and far between, and it's always like, this is a super special delicacy. It's known as pork belly. You're like, pork belly? What the hell? Well, it tastes good. You don't know it's bacon. It's just that it's uh, uncured. Right. Un- yes. Uh, but as itself, in a thick slice with that, car- you know, that, that crunchy layer on the bottom, yeah. it was, but this one was smoked first. Okay, I, I can think. do that for you. Uh, I'll smoke some on Friday. So good. I'll chill it. Saturday, come in and get it. And then Blackstone it. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was so good. Oh, and Goat. Let's get to Goat. Julian's raising goats. He's calling I know. People. He's got the list. And he's like, Daddy, do you need to call him first? I was like, no. You pick up the phone call him. This is Julian Morris, Johnson's son. I'm raising goats. I got him ready. So if you want Goat, um, text or call the store uh, until the website is built. 407-402-5686. I had goat tacos, birria, you know, like it's a, a you, typically they're, uh, you know, it's a uh, taco that's got the meat and it's a uh, flat top till it's crispy on either side, really greasy. Kind of like a circle flat? It, it was not, uh, not, one uh, one round t- turned in half and done on both sides. Oh. It was goat. And the birria was made with stewed goat and the dip, you know, they're like au jus. They, yeah. It was... I couldn't get. I, I was out with uh, Kim and my daughter, and I couldn't get either one on the. I was like, "Just try it." They're like, yeah, it's God. <laughs> ah. But goat tacos were on many menus uh, of uh, of my trip. So, how do they cook them? Do they say was it like a roasted goat? Was it it, it, uh, it fire it, roasted? It, the one I ate, the I well, I ate some that I knew for sure was smoked. Right, I could taste it. Uh, then I ate one that I couldn't really taste the way it was smoked, but it was similar texture, very tender. Uh, just outstanding. We got one goat that's very tame, very laid back. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring it up, put some Marlboros in his mouth, and people come out and be like, "What are you doing? Smoke goat?" <laughs> right? No, that's not gonna. That wasn't funny. No, like two steps either. forward, one step back. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I got kicked off the internet that fast. <laughs> no, but Julian, if you really like goat, we've already had three people somewhat commit. They're like, as soon as you got it ready, call us, we'll buy it. So he's getting ready to, Julie's getting ready to cash in. He's out there every day after school. Like, I don't even have to remind him. Is there enough people here that understand, eat goat, and oh, you're going you're gonna to butcher it for them, right? Yes. So they'll know, uh, you cut, they'll have the, you know, they'll know what part they're eating or whatever. Once the word gets out, yes. I have, we have four or five people right now waiting on Julian to call him back, which he's going to do this week, and find out they want to half goat, a whole goat, or just like, you know, a leg. You know what you ought to do? What's that? Do some, uh, what's the uh, goat? Uh, cabrito. Right there in the parking lot. Chisel up some asphalt. Dig a hole in the oh. dirt. You got I a hole. Got a oh, use the little median rail right there where, the, where that plant is. Boom, that plant's gone. Dig a hole, you know, super deep. You wrap yeah. it, wrap it, wrap it, wrap it, wrap it. Yeah. And then and put it in there and bury it. Put the coals in. And, and I got cook. a better idea. I'm sure How the seafood restaurant the bar next door on either side are going to be super happy about you burying a goat in the parking lot. They're going to be fine. Now, whoever the snitches are like, man, I'm going to find you. What so, happened? So it snitched you? Oh, so, all right. So I have a permit, a license. I have everything I need to do cook on the cooker out front. City code says as long as you only take a one parking spot, you don't need a permit, and you're fine. Um, our 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 plaza sold to a Venezuelan investment group. Uh huh. They sent by their internal auditor people. The Venezuelan did. Yes, and even though I'm licensed, legal, got the insurance liability, I can't cook in front of the shop no more during the week. Yeah. We're here for Venezuela, Senor Morris. Two hundred dollar fine today. We'll find you every day. Yeah. Venezuelan fine. You get the smoker out of here. You got, wait, they don't. The new owners don't want you to do it. I can't. I can only smoke on Saturday. 
I, the rest of the week, the program has to be around back. I can still cook because I'm still I'm licensed to cook, but they just don't want me cooking in the front. Too much of a liability, they said. What? Some, somebody fall into my smoke ground, yes. Yeah, someone could trip, fall right in there. Yeah. Then you, next thing you open up to get some, uh, yeah, smoke tanning, get right some goat, goat out of there and the little Timmy's in there. You no, know, smoke Timmy right here, folks. We'll smoke Timmy. <laughs> Still only get two picanhas <laughs> off of Timmy, either too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Not a bunch of picanhas. Little but Timmy. I had an idea while you were talking. Um, what if I just took the racks out of the smoker and charcoaled the bottom of it and then just laid the goat down in the smoker? Oh. Well, you had to put the smokers, you had to put, uh, yeah, out of your firebox. You had to put it up in the in the belly of the no, smoker. I, yeah, because the smoker, the way I built it, you can actually take the, the grates out and layer it with charcoal or wood and use it as like a roaster or a, a grill. Yeah, yeah. I'll cook this, the goat like that. Cabrito and, and do some little street tacos. Get some little corn tortilla. You do a goat Saturday, Saturday goat, goat? goat taco, a little goat, a little uh, cilantro, squeeze a lime, boom. I'm a butterfly. I'm leave the head on, lay him out like this. <laughs> <laughs> No, I won't do that. All right, yeah. So we'll do a goat. Julie and I will. Uh, are they ready for harvesting these they goats? Are. Okay. We will properly, humanely harvest the goat Friday night. A fresh goat, chilled overnight, marinated, and then we'll roast it Saturday. Come by with organic meats on Saturday and get roasty goat. Tacos. Tacos. Uh, you you going to get a, like a recipe for. Uh, I'll find one. A cabrito. I'll find one. I'll call this Mexican guy now. You know what I'll do? I'll call Mexican Amigo. I send you pictures of him all the time. Mexican Amigo? Did you, did you see that fish he fried and smoked? Yes. I see that That's fish Mexican Amigo? That's oh, Mexican he knows Amigo. how to do Cabrito. Yeah, I'll ask him. I'll see him tomorrow morning. Do you him. just call him Mexican Amigo or just Amigo? I call him Amigo, but his, the name of his stand is Mexican Amigo. Is that his, on that's his license? That's the name of his business. Oh, that's the name of his business? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. And he only he, he, he kind of he kind of uh, caters to farm workers, field workers. Oh, okay, so I get it. Yeah. Him and his wife have an excellent little. Oh, they'll lay deal. you. They'll, they'll lay. I think they probably got Caprito going right now. He may kill me. Now give me the recipe. <laughs> Feed me the nicest. You may find that he's a goat customer of yours. You may need some coats. Oh, he may. He may. Yes. Well, he'll know some people that do. Mexican it, amigo. He will. He'll, well, his other Mexican amigos will want one. They will. They want a goat. They'll probably want it alive so they can harvest it themselves. Yeah, they're weird like that. Yeah. Uh, then, you want to hang out? I do, yes. Cool. We, we sell meat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, they do sell meat there. Uh, I got some child labor stuff I think it might be interested in, since about, you're into that at the place. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. Other examples. Uh, <laughs> and, and one tough love mother in Alabama that was just trying to be tough love with her seven-year-old, and then she accidentally ran over with the car. <clears throat> we'll talk about it next. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom and when they come home. I had just come home from serving over in Germany. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later. I was paralyzed. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. It left me paralyzed for the rest of my life. I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America, because they've kept their promise to never leave a fallen soldier behind. A roof over the heads, accessible homes and cars, jobs, benefits. PVA has brought me back to life. Show them their sacrifice hasn't been in vain. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. 
WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. A brief conversation in the break regarding uh, an article uh, in some scientific magazine. We're, we'll probably have it tomorrow uh, about should we uh, eat human flesh? Yeah, ending the taboo of eating eating people was the article. Ending the taboo. Uh, the only problem I well, obviously, you know, I don't know what it would taste like or whatever. And, and, and there've been plenty of examples in, in in our lifetimes where people have been in. Uh, uh, a situation, you know, the, uh, the, the the people on the plane crash in the Andes. Some people didn't uh, survive the crash. They're in the snow. The bodies are there. They're starving to death. And, yeah, they resort to eating flesh of humans. Yeah. Yes. The, the article came from NewScientist.com. Yeah. And the headline is, Is it time for a more subtle view on the ultimate taboo of cannibalism? A new archaeological evidence that shows that the ancient humans ate each other surprisingly often, sometimes for compassionate reasons. The finds give us an opportunity to reassess our views on the practice. So, I mean, if it was a survival, they're not talking about a survival thing. They're talking about oh, no, a, this is a, like, yeah, yeah, like going down to the, the butcher and getting a, you know, a thigh and a Sorry, calf. Me, me yeah. and you're hungry and Eric's not looking too good. We can take him out. Well, I've, you know, in a survival thing and you're out of, you know, you, you're going to die unless you get something from protein. Yeah, I, I get that. I do too. Uh, but we're thinking if you got your leg stuck in a rock and we're out in, on the top of a mountain and I got to amputate your leg to get it off to save my life, to save your life. And then we realize a little bit of my leg is exposed from the rock. We could yeah. harvest it and eat it. Yeah. And, and we do. If you got a calf in there, that's what, eight, ten pounds of meat? Yeah, I got about 18.7 pounds of muscle mass on my leg. And then we roast it on a fire. I got you all tourniqueted up and you're dressed up and we got a fire going and we we're hungry. I skin that hairy thigh of yours yes. and we put a spit on it and roast it slow. I'm cool with that. Yeah, well, because we're going to have sustenance and we're going to be able to live. Well, what I'm worried about is three days later, I only got one leg and I'm weak from losing a leg. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're looking at me and thinking about, man, that thought was good. Yeah. I mean, then I'm going to start a psyop on you, talking you into <laughs> let me cut your other leg off. Right. So we can eat it. Because you're already lost a leg. Right. Let's now, face it. And now, but now I have to fully trust you that you're going to carry me down the mountain. Because I ain't going to have no legs. we got to even you out. Well, I mean, you're going to walk with a, you're going to be like a stumpy limp. Yeah. You've got you some big legs. Word. Without two legs, you're probably a good 130 pounds less than you are right yes, now. Yes. Maybe more. You can, throw me in your, you can throw me in your backpack. And I'll just, I'll take my arms and I'll wrap them around you like an ascoff. There you go. And I'll just hang on. And I'll just flop around the back of you. Well, they're, they're talking about, the only thing that makes it taboo, well, I don't know the only thing. You're going to kill a human being and bleed them out and skin well, them and That's just them? it. I mean, how do you procure the human flesh? Is it someone who uh, was dying of cancer? And do you want to eat someone's cancerous no. meat? You know what I mean? Is it like a blood versus crip thing? It's like, hey, no, that's why you, you pick a uh, neighboring town that you just uh, a village? harvest. Yeah, you so harvest for the so local village. Eat, if you had to eat Sanford or Winter Park, who you eat? Winter Park. Me too. Oh, I'm heading to Heathrow again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at our house, I know that, listen, people may never listen, may buy me from me again, but I'm going to tell this story. At our house, we've had a survival situation story. And we all agreed. Okay, where are you our going daughter, with this before you go too far? This is, kind of like, is, this the, is this the same thing where you have an emergency like tornado plan yes. where that's the family yes. meets up at their house? There's no food anywhere in the world, and we got to eat somebody. A lot of them, my daughter down syndrome because she can't chew and swallow. She lives on Pediasure. She drinks nine Pediasure a day, seven days a week. She is succulent and delicious, I bet. 
<laughs> she signed on to this. Uh... She just, Daddy, if you're happy, I'm happy. That's what she says to me. So I think I have her consent. That's the whole thing. I was like, I'll eat any, try any meat once. You know what I mean? I'll uh, cut uh, up from any animal, huh? Uh, We're friends. I'll cut my big toe I, for you. I'll share it with you. Well, him. that's for uh, alcohol. You only do the big toe shots. Yeah, that's in the toe. Yeah. Oh, should we like, uh, turn, turn the corner a little bit go to something else? This is good? Uh, I mean, you've already well, talked about eating your all child, right. so, so yeah. I don't know, I don't know where we, we go from you here. Pull the sucker back so, out. All right, so listen, if we're in the world, there's only us three left. Who do we eat first? You. You. Why? Yeah. Because you provide the, we could live, you, Eric and I could live, and, and, and Heather could live off of your flesh for a, a year or more. Be like, we got a half, who wants a half cow? Like a, you yeah. have a whole Jonathan. Right. You're more yeah. than a half a cow. Have a whole Jonathan in your freezer. Cut so, you up, got a little shit. Heather is going to die quickly. She's going to go, yeah, oh, come on now. Well, She's easy. about to barf because we're talking about eating goat. Now we're talking about eating your thighs. And- well, then she made it easy on us. We'll just wait for her to die. We'll eat her. There's nothing left. There's nothing to eat. I know. It'd be toothpicks. <laughs> She's 100 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> um, well, I know you uh, employ some uh, youth at your uh, at your business, the guys from your church. It's not uh, yes. You're not breaking any laws. Uh, this woman uh, in Memphis owns uh, a salon uh, or sauna, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's called Jazzy Body. It's owned by Jasmine Moss. And Jasmine uh, showed a, a, in a picture um, on social media, uh, showed a, a young girl at her salon working. Uh, she was waxing nude women's bodies they're there and they, i guess you do the brazilian and uh, heather where's the where do you got to do uh, where's the brazilian in the crotch area oh yes anywhere else you get waxed the arm no, i don't well i'm not <laughs> but like um yeah no, i i don't i don't really know the that's like, the full uh the full bare floor what yeah, like the Brazilians, uh, everything. Top that's, bottom? That, well, it's not a bikini the, line deal. It's like that's the downstairs is gone. It's like uh, uh, like a like right, a like a though. like a yeah, yeah. You went from carpet to bare floors in your house, not just the perennial. You yeah. go right down to the slab. <laughs> yeah, they Please move work. things around. Yeah. So uh, the Did you say they move things around. <laughs> they do. What do you mean they move things around? There's things down there. You have to move them around to get to the hair. Well, oh, it's a family show. Hair. Yeah. Wow, there is. wow. Maybe some people don't have those things. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, the caption under the under Jasmine's post claimed that this young person helped to quote wax twenty four clients over an eight hour time span and had made seven hundred and forty four dollars. That's quote going to whatever the future dreams and aspirations are. Huh. And it started to catch attention when they discovered that the person. Uh, Doing the little, the youngster, the young girl doing the waxing was indeed her five year old child. Oh, wow. Five. What was her catchphrase? Little hands hurt less. I don't know if she had a catchphrase. That's wow. definitely, uh, uh, and the clients were laying there naked. I mean, with a five year old. They knew yeah. a five year old was putting wax yeah, on their nether region and I mean, ripping it off. Waxing's probably pretty expensive. Uh, to how far of a discount are you willing to go to have a five-year-old to do the waxing for you? There's something wrong with the clients. Yeah. Why can't you do it yourself, really, when you think about it? So you're biting off your own finger, your mom won't let you. <laughs> I about to, yeah, I about to say, are you, uh, <laughs> are you rolling the, running that hot wax down there yourself? I'll tell yeah. you what, next Tuesday I'll bring in a bottle of Nair. We'll wax you, buddy. 
No, thanks. That's not waxing. That's <laughs> yeah. just, the hair just falls off. Then, oh, does it? So the clients were there, and they were naked. They allowed a kid to do that to them. I don't know. Uh... uh Maybe it's going to traumatize a little kid, uh, uh, but enough people called the Board of Cosmetology and Barber Examiners uh, to get her arrested. She's been uh, charged with um, endangerment of a child and, uh, uh, you know, some other. Shouldn't there be some lewd and lascivious and stuff in there? Yeah, that, that oh, child, yeah, five-year-old, that five-year-old waxed 24 vaginas. Let's put it that way. If you, you state ah. it that way, yeah. There's something wrong with a mom. You know what? I'm 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 reading. Okay, so it's a her. It's a girl, a little girl. I don't think. But here's the thing. Would either one of your wives? I know my wife wouldn't lay there and let a five year old. Oh God, no. They my wife would have thrown a fit. She would have snatched up that girl and took, the to, took and her right to the cops. Took her right out, and she probably would have had the girl in one arm and the lady by the hair in the other one, dragging them out the street. Yeah. So my my question is because I'm a father of many girls. Everybody knows that. This bothers me when I hear stories like this. The mom, like, how dare her put her five-year-old in front of one vagina, let alone 24, in seven she hours. She made $744. The mom made $744. Yeah, yeah, right. That five-year-old <laughs> five is getting a, a happy meal and a Sprite. My gosh. She, she may be uh, not uh, as bad. Well, probably as bad. Uh, a mother in Alabama. We've all done this. Uh, I don't know. It was done to me as a, uh, when I was a young man. It wasn't done to my. I didn't do it to my kid. But you got a kid. You pick them up. They're being a little uh, prick in the back. And then they maybe got in trouble at school. In this case, the kid got in trouble at school. Mom uh, picks the kid up and uh, stops the car a short distance from the school and says, "Get out! You're walking the rest of the way home." And the there's about eight blocks. The boy walked, and then he jogged. His mom was behind him with her flashers on. And after the kid had run or, or two or three blocks, she, she slowed down, and the child reached for the door handle to get back into the car. And then she suddenly accelerated, pulled the boy, the boy under the car, and ran over him with the back tire. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. boy was uh, taken to the hospital, treated for abrasions on his back and the side of his head. Uh, they say it was a miracle that he was not hurt more than what he uh, could have been. And uh, she may not realize what was going on, uh, but they believe that the mother did not mean to run over the kid. But it was the punishment that ultimately led to being seriously injured. As a result, she's charged with aggravated child abuse, released on $50,000 bond. Um, she got uh, lucky he was a young kid. They're spongy. Yeah. yeah. And everybody knows you don't let them hold the handle. You tie them to the back and tell them to keep up. There was a 53-year-old woman also in the vehicle. They haven't identified her or whether she had any relationship. She was also she was charged with endangering the welfare of a child uh, and eventually released it on only $500 bond because I guess she didn't stop it. That's ter- But you know what? That is bad. Like, Do you think she accelerated to prove a point? I mean, I know you're reading the story there, but... I don't know. I, if, uh, you know, I don't know if she did it to be uh, a dick to her kid, like punish him even more like, ah, psych, you know. That's what it sounded like to me. She did the old, all right, get in the car, and then the kid reached for the handle, and she ran out and tried to accelerate away. <laughs> that was a crap yeah. move. It was. I don't, I don't, I'm okay with, hey, get out of the car, you're walking the rest of the way home. That's I'm, eight blocks. I mean, what kid can't walk eight blocks? Right, I'm cool with that. But she took it too far. She crossed the line. Yeah. I bet she felt pretty bad when she ran over little Timmy. And, and now she'll, they'll be in this. And I, I, I don't know if maybe she should or should not be in the system. DCF will get involved, probably child services. Then they'll take the kid away. Do they take the kid away from her? Nah. No. Get right back? Yeah, I mean, she's not. It's uh, Alabama. If you haven't run over your kid at least <laughs> once before. 
So you're really parenting? I'm not even sure it's illegal in Alabama to run over your kid. Yeah, the judge is like, look, I backed over Bond twice. You're, you're free to go now. <laughs> yeah. Just pay your fine. Well, uh, this story is making the rounds it's rather disgusting. We had it yesterday. I didn't get to it. Uh, dude in Texas, uh, Harris County. Cops get a call about a man inside an antique mall in Spring, Texas. The man is looks like he's wearing a kilt to me. Uh, he and a uh, tank top, and he is seen grabbing for items off the shelf, and then because he's going regiment in his kilt, inserting them Whoa. into his anus, and then pulling them out and putting them back on the shelf. Oh, holy God! Yeah, items where is he using? Um, antiques. Like, you know, uh, like a uh, phonograph. <laughs> I don't know. A Civil War musket. <laughs> what a bag of chips. What, a, the, what, what was he putting up his butt? Uh, it was an antique store. Small so, yeah. little uh, baubles oh that would, gosh. you know. Uh, the store wants you to know that they did. They marked. They knew each and every item that was at his rectum, and they have taken them off the shelves, uh, perhaps uh, permanently. Properly sanitized them. Uh, this was only... Uh, resulted in a charge of criminal mischief and a hundred dollar bond. What? I just what makes you start your day off with that? Like you, he got out of bed, he put on his kilt, and said, "I'm going to go down to the local <laughs> antique store and insert things into my rectum." Well, I tell you, I mean, probably, where are you in life at it, that point? It, it probably starts with he's looking around his house, like, "Man, I put everything in here at my rectum already. It looks like yeah, I better go else. find some other stuff." And then. He probably went through the challenges of wearing clothing like shorts, and, and then he said, oh, you know what? I've got that kilt. And then the next weekend, he goes out with the kilt and maybe brings a little bit of lube with him, and uh, he, he goes like, crazy. Gosh. Did he, uh, like, strike out going to Target? Like, all right, I can't go to Target. Uh, I can't go to the Goodwill, because who knows who had that before? Right. And then he just got down <laughs> to the local antique store, to old mods, uh, things and bigs uh, stuff, and was like, all right, I'm going to... Uh, he That's the place. A, he wanted some antique love, and I and I wonder uh, what, I, what, what, what I wonder what the items were. Obviously, they you had know. to be smooth. Right? It had to be something like a uh, antique, uh, uh, you know, those mixers with their hand crank and the, maybe the handle of it. <laughs> yeah. Not the mixers, not the business end of it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Civil, uh, old Civil War bullet, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sizing up a cannonball. He was like, all right. Uh, oh, they were disposed. They did dispose of the items. So you know they weren't worth anything. Because if it was antiques were worth anything, that person was back there. There was a guy back there scrubbing it with a bleach. Right. It was like some priceless jade carving or something like that, you know, that was rather phallic. They'd be back sanitizing it. It was probably old kitchen utensils. That's why I told Ma not to put the expensive phallic objects up front. Those are behind the counter, Ma. Yeah. Like the liquor store keeps Cavassier. That guy that killed. (laughs) But you're right. What goes through that guy's mind? Like the night when he went to bed, he's like, I'm going to get a night's sleep tonight. Tomorrow I got plans at the antique shop. Yeah, I'm going antiquing. (laughs) It's a whole new new deal. Antiquing. (laughs) Disgusting. Uh, There's a uh, little town in West Virginia. They're planning a sad candlelight vigil. What happened? Well, they're losing a part of their city they considered uh, integral, and uh, they're uh, they're in hopes that it would could be revived. But unfortunately, their beloved Hooters is closing down. What are they going to do without their wings? It's going to be demolished. 
and the, the county is so sad about it. They they're going to hold a candlelight vigil. For their beloved Hooters. It closed its doors uh, four years ago. What? <laughs> it's been sitting there empty, but the community thought that one day they dreamed that one day somebody would come in here and they'd take them this Hooters and make it a hot, triumphant Hooters return. Uh, but it was recently announced that the building's going to be de- demolished to make for a uh, room for a place uh, called Sheets Gas Station. <laughs> Uh, but before the uh, it's torn down, the residents of Charleston are planning to pay their respects to the place that holds so many memories for them. With a candlelight vigil. I wonder what happened to all the Hooter girls that used to work That's there. exactly. That's more their word. They're like, you know, after the Hooters closed, both Tiffany, Mercedes, and Jade have had a hard time finding <laughs> work lately. <laughs> They're all working down there at the strips club now. Yeah. This guy says, I, I used to live a couple of miles from that Hooters, and I spent many evenings there enjoying the wings and the beer, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't go there for the girls. It's the beer and the wings. They said on a letter to the, the event says uh, it's finally official. We have we're, we have all in one way, shape, or form been holding on to a pure hope that someone would purchase the closed down building that was the almighty Hooters and reopen it. That's not the case. With this being said, let's gather in remembrance of the amazing power that was brought to us all by Hooters with a candlelight visual in the Kanawha City location. Bring your candles and signs and let's let Hooters in the city know that we'll miss them tremendously. We'll have chicken wings and the traditional Hooters sauce on site and a limited amount of goat, the goat sandwich, the strip cheese. Nice. In five years, there'll be a story from the guy that owns the gas station. Can people please stop dropping off teddy bears and, and, and cars? <laughs> and crying here and uh, leaving Hooters stuff here. <laughs> Oh, uh, Hooters. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's a... Oh, I would I would mourn, and I'd probably have a candlelight vigil if uh, Fiddler's was ever closed. And, 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 and you know, Did y'all ever, We all ever Hooters guys? I don't think their food's good. I don't either. Uh, no. I don't either. I never... I, I It's not... I ate there one time. Not quality. So, I used to do events there, you know, and, and uh, you know, wings are wings almost, unless they're too small, almost anywhere you can get. And if you're, if your place specializes in wings, you think you've got that down. It's the size that was always the problem there. The other stuff was just your average bar, yeah. bar fare, you know. Sports, sports bar food. And, and then the wing house came along and said, yeah, watch this. We're doing the same thing. Right. Only a little bit different. And oh, then little. Twin Peaks, Peaks came around, and then Tilted Kilt came along, and... Yeah, the no. restaurants. Yes, no, are, they all, are they all? Are they all? Another wing house. There's not as many wing houses here. It's not as many wing houses. There's still Hooters. I, I don't think know. There's still a Twin Peaks. How about UCF? There was a Twin Peaks. I think I it's think closed. The one down Altamont in four, that that's four thirty six is still there. Is it? Yeah, yeah I saw that. One. I passed out before making down by UCF. I love a college. The hiring profile is strong. Really? If you know what I mean. Because yes. they make them wear those ridiculously short. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're like every guy in there is looking for them to bend over and pick something up because it's right. gonna you know you're gonna see your panties or whatever. Yeah, whatever they were. You know, you know, you come down to Barstow for organic meats and get some good homemade fried chicken wings. Mm-hmm. You can also ask Jonathan to pick up a pen off the floor too. That's right, and I will use my hands to pick it up. And he might just tie his shirt up in one of those little things uh, <laughs> just below, his, uh, you know, in a little bow right there. Above or below belly button? <clears throat> above. Above belly button. Yeah. Right at the rib cage area. Yeah. All right, I got you. And bring baby oil, <clears throat> spray me with it. And some of those uh, orange shorts that are super tight. And you, I'm sure you have some hose. Say, wait, why do you the, the baby Hooters. oil? You have so much bacon grease around that oh, place yeah. that you just grease yourself. I grease myself in lard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't like the color orange. Can I wear black shorts? Uh, Sure. It's your as long place. as you're wearing uh, the pants. Why did Hooters girls have to wear pantyhose? Was that a- so that all the legs look the same? Yeah, they all look tan. Oh, that was that? Was, I thought they were afraid uh, like a stray hair might Nobody float. wants a pasty, pale white girl walking around with legs. 
Go that was pace. the reason? Yeah, it makes them I all look tan. A, a health department, dude. No disrespect to the pasty pill white girls out there. I'm a fan. I am, too. I love white girls. But you get some that are so white they look purple when they get cold. <laughs> you know so, what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought it was a, I thought it was a health regulation. Um, There is a... Just, what? Your health regulation, like, you're like, oh, I got a leg hair on my wings. Gross. Or, uh, you know... Leg hairs. A hair's a hair, my friend. I mean... Yeah. What girls at Hooters have hairy legs? Uh, it might not Little necessarily Im, uh, emit, come from the leg, if you what, get my drift. I understand now. I got you now. I, now, now. Now I'm on the same page with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a new... <laughs> Since we've had satellites in space, everybody's always said, well, it's a privacy issue, a satellite. Think it's a, you know, there used to be a thing that they would claim that a satellite could read your license plate from space. I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but they say that they're quite subtly, there's a startup uh, of building a new class of satellites that whose cameras, for the first time, would be able to get a zoom on an individual, capturing a close-up so uh, intimate that it could tell adults from children. It could tell a girl in a bikini from a naked girl, uh, whether you're white or black. I mean, it's that. I mean, an individual person and an individual location from wow. space. And that is a serious privacy issue. There's a company, a startup out there. The head of it, uh, it's called Albedo Space, to- uh, Topher Haddad. The uh, company says they're making new satellites. The tech will make uh, will image people, but not be able to identify them. He said, "Uh huh, sure, yeah." Nonetheless, uh, they're taking administrative steps to address a wide range of privacy concerns. Anyone living in the modern world knows that your privacy is diminishing. You know, there's a surge of security cameras. I forget the number I heard about the number that are in New York City alone. They're in the you know high number thirty, forty, hundred thousand wow. or so. Um, but and facial recognition and everything else that's going out there. But they say overhead surveillance is potentially more scary than all of that. Wow. We took the kids to SeaWorld yesterday. Remember that when SeaWorld had the the COVID funnel? COVID funnel. They had a funnel you had to walk through in COVID. It was a big blue tick area, mm-hmm. and we had to walk through it. Oh, it was sprayed had, with all kind of stuff on well, it? No, they had two radars facing you, and it was checking your temperature, oh, supposedly. Geez. You know how, much, how many pictures they took of everybody that went through there? They say that uh, a lot of people at the foundation of uh, uh, you know uh, freedom and privacy, uh, say we should definitely be worried. Uh, Mr. Haddad and other supporters of the techni- technology say the real benefits must be weighed, especially when it comes to fighting disasters and saving lives. We'll know which house is on fire, where people are fleeing. Uh, it's they're pushing it as a as a safety, you know. Uh, as you know, we're going to help you. We'll know exactly to pinpoint disasters and zoom in and take a look at everything. We're going to know how many guns are in your closet. Before you know it, it's going to be like a Google, uh, that uh, Google space or Google maps where they catch people like inadvertently banging in their car or, you know, doing something weird because they're just driving around. Yeah. Wow. What that movie, Enemy of the State with Will Smith, they had that camera. Great. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Former CIA officer, uh, Linda Zoll says it's a big deal. Um, she's had a, a decades-long career involved in some of the nation's most powerful satellites. The capabilities will hit home, she said, when people realize that the things they're trying to hide in their backyards can now be observed with new clarity. Privacy is a real issue here. It is. Wow. Can you imagine someone from space is spying, uh, checking on your weed plants in your backyard? Yeah, it's terrible. They got oh, 
You th- it's hard, but you think they're not already not doing it? I don't know. I don't know to what extent. I mean, I mean look, uh, for national security reasons, whatever, yes, it's an important tool. But we know that all of those things are eventually turned against, <laughs> against people, people, you know? Yes. <laughs> Every one of them. Um, but they... What would you do you got a letter about, Shannon? Your uh, weed plants are too tall. We noticed from yeah, space. Here's yeah. the photo, by the way. It's like getting one of those, uh, you ran a red light camera deal, yeah. red light cams. Yeah. Ah, here's your vehicle. Those ca- those pictures are so good. Yes. Yeah, the photographs are so, I mean, it's incredible. You can't deny it. No. It's you. No. Front, back, side, they got everything. Uh, it's a, a civilian imaging satellite. They say they could, could differentiate objects on the ground as small as 30 centimeters or about six inches. That's too much. That's too much technology. You can, they can read road markings, aircraft tail numbers, even objects as small as 10 centimeters to four inches. Uh, that, that technology was gained in 2020. Soon wow. they'll be able to watch where you are everywhere. All the time. And they'll be able to see into your house. I don't know if they see in, but if you're not covered, right? They can see in. You think? Oh, yeah. Heat camera or Heat. infrared or whatever? Not me. I'm wearing a Mylar suit when I go home. Put on a Mylar jumper. Yeah. Zip it up. Zzz, been pervious. Uh, Mylar hoodie. But I mean, look at that head just floating around there. <laughs> Man, we're living in dangerous times, boys. Dangerous yeah, we times. are, for sure, for sure. All right, let's take a, a break here. When we get back, we will um, get to uh, your remarks. Also, there is a mystery shipwreck. It's been there for a while. Um, Trinidad, Tobago, uh, in waters right out there. It's capsized, and they noticed it uh, at first... It was leaking some oil. They don't know if it was an oil tanker or not, but lately it's been leaking something else, and it's washing up on the beach, which you need to get to Trinidad right now. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Hi, I'm Marcel Spears. Keeping our global neighborhood safe is a tough job, one made just a bit safer with the help of America's brave military dogs. These dogs, who often take the same risks and make the same sacrifices as our human warriors, keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs, locating enemy positions, and bringing a sense of comfort and home to an almost unimaginable circumstance. Yet, when these brave canine heroes retire, they're not always given the same treatment as our military VIPs and are too often left overseas. American Humane works to bring home these valiant dogs and reunite them with the people who mean the most to them their handlers so they can enjoy happy healthy well-deserved retirements to learn how you can help america's four-footed heroes visit americanhumane.org hi i'm carson cressley of all the most valuable resources in the world kindness is the most precious For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to make the world a kinder place for animals. Rescuing those caught in disasters, protecting animals on our farms, on the silver screen, and the world's remarkable and endangered species who need our care to help them survive. All of us can make a difference by making humane choices at the supermarket, 
in our choice of entertainment and by supporting conservation and rescue efforts. It's not hard at all. Make being kind a lifestyle choice and visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways you can help build a more caring, compassionate, and humane world for animals and for all of us. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Go to PVA.org to learn more. Serving in Afghanistan, I was shot in the head by sniper fire. I was given a 5% chance to live. I'm Adam Alexander, and I'm a veteran. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I tell kids that with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. My victory is being there for the next generation. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. of energy drink uh, withdrawal. I am, dude. I am spaz. I'm having bad cramps. For all the people out there that know me, I everybody knows I drank six 20-ounce Red Bulls a day. That's no exaggeration. I gave them up cold turkey on Thursday to save a young Just man's life. the amount of sugar you were drinking, because I gave them up, but I was drinking, the, I had to drink the sugar-free ones, so you were drinking, and I was only drinking like one, maybe two a day, and I gave them up the past month, and it was rough. The amount of sugar you were taking yeah. enough was... The uh, can said 58 grams, and then there was so many extra added that they probably lied about. So yeah, I was well, a lot I mean, of sugar. Yeah, was it fifty eight grams per like, per can per can or was it half a can? It says or? per serving, but you probably are drink, you're probably eating like a half a pound of unrefined white uh, sugar a day. Is that a problem? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good problem. Anyway, we got a lot of these remarks to get to. We ought to get to them right right away from the Florida Man Radio app and powered by the man sitting here to my right, yeah. Morris Family Farms and uh, Organic Meats. Hit the button at the bottom. It looks like a microphone, and we are off to the races. Here we go. Hey, guys. G from Orange City here. And, uh, oh, my God, Rachel Maddow, uh, mental image of scissoring. <laughs> anyway, guys, great show besides that. b 2 b Ton Daytona. Kate just said Tank Girl and, and, and Catwoman. And I haven't stopped masturbating since. <laughs> oh, Todd. Oh, Shansan and other guy. I hear everyone talk about people inflating prices to get the bank loan. Well, you guys in luck are now selling Sue Hung Law panties for $25. That good bargain. Okay, I bought them at Walmart for $2. Okay, got to go. <laughs> Every single transaction in the history of mankind 
could fall into, into the same category as what happened to Trump. If you've held a tax sale, if you've given an estimate to a potential customer for services or goods, if you've placed a classified ad, if you've done anything on an e-commerce auction site, anything falls into the same exact category. Yep. It's laughable. Beauty, beauty. Amen. Hey, liberal Larry, still voting for him, and you need a hand job. <laughs> you guys need to start flagging the phone numbers on those libtards that leave open mics, because no one really wants to hear that crap. Well, we are, we play them all, and we encouraging, we encourage dissenting voices to get involved. We don't know the phone numbers in the system, oddly enough. Um, we'd be uh, selling your information on them and make a lot of money. I think the funnier part is when liberal Larry is talking about all the things that Trump is quote unquote guilty of, that uh, none of them are actually real. He's not, they're all fabricated by the far left. Everybody knows it. It's becoming more and more apparent that none of it has holds any water, no matter what the verdict is. Good point. It's become pretty obvious. The idiots that are still believing the BS that's being peddled about Trump are morons. Not very bright. They're just parroting what they've heard and seen. Like, oh, you see? Uh, this is real, because they told me on CNN. voice. <laughs> <laughs> Liberal Larry, I'm betting, man, that Shannon would give you a so many minute segment for you to call in, not open mic, call in, and have a civilized debate back and forth. I'd love to hear it. I'd like to hear your side. I'm not saying I'm against it or for it. Just want to get it out there. Be do be. I would. I'd give him a uh, a segment uh, once a week. Does anybody else think that liberal Larry lives with his mom in his in her basement, and he's got blue hair, glasses, piercings, ear piercings, no piercings, and just sits down there trolling stuff like he's doing now at your show, talking nonsense. He never has any facts, never answers any questions, yells up to his mom, Mom, can I have some meatloaf? The problem is that uh, people have come become so uh, tribalized that damn the torpedoes or the consequences to this country. Like a football team, they're going to support their team no matter what. Yeah. You know, they they don't care. They're they're always going to be the fan, and and they'll they'll throw shade to the other guys. Always, they'll make up excuses for their failures. You know, oh, yeah. if we had another quarter to play, we would have won that game. You right. Know? Yep. Yep. Blame it on the refs. Yeah, that Neuralink's never going to work with me. Way too ADD. I, there's too many thoughts at the same time. I don't think it could keep up with what the hell I'm really <laughs> intending to do. <laughs> anyway, just my thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, sure. Hopefully that lady won't get arrested because she she scared this uh, illegal alien. I'm thinking that he might have a disease that can kill him. Yeah, I actually did that phony COVID gimmick before. My boss fell for it like five times. Sucker. <laughs> uh, Shando, I think the answer to that question would be the old saying. If you build a million bridges, you're a bridge builder. But if you suck one, even if it's your own, now you're a sucker. 
Beedoo beedoo. Can I trade in for the 2040 penis? Watch Crackalacky, brother. Right, right here. Just giving you guys a heads up, uh, Jonathan. Uh, I'm going to try to get over to the office there for Don and those guys and maybe Shando if he gets there early enough. Uh, around lunchtime, either Thursday or Friday, I'll bring some Nick's, Nick's pizza, some Sicilian for you guys. Um, just letting you guys know. Love your show. Bidu, bidu. Ray Ray out. Ray Ray out. Jonathan Morris is future man. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Well, Jonathan, just think, if the internet thing does work out, you really can move up to the Panhandle where land is cheap, double up your cow herd, big piece of property, don't need that little butcher shop no more, just selling meat online, nice grass fed. I buy it. That's the plan, sir. I mean... Hey, Jonathan. Glad to hear about those improvements you're making. Uh, but does that mean now we can do that uh, that layaway thing? <laughs> hey, congratulations, Jonathan, on going high tech. Uh, you think maybe I could finally get that stuff I was trying to get from you the last time you came up here to Atlanta? Unless you don't want to sell to me because, you know, I told you I was disappointed in you not being black or something. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, got his, I literally got his order as I was pulling into the ball. It was absolutely Morgan at Meats Country Kitchen Barbecue. That's a really long name. We're going to make Scottish Kitchen Barbecue. How can I help you? Oh, yeah. we're supposed to answer the phone? MMCKB. <laughs> and Jonathan, that was processed also. 1800 each, two people, one whole cow. Uh, I'm not sure what he's talking what? about. I don't know. I heard Jonathan Morris drag out a joke until it sucked. That's my gig. <laughs> you're stealing his gig of bad jokes. Uh, oh, my bad, buddy. I'm sorry. Hey, man. So you're telling me that Kim was eating all that crazy crap in uh, Korea and posting all those pictures, but she wouldn't try goat taco? That blows my mind. Uh, no, she was not into the, uh, the goat taco. Uh, here we go. Come on, play. I got a quick story for Jonathan. My daughter's favorite show when she was a little girl was uh, Charlotte's Web. And me and my buddy in Home Assessor were cooking a whole pig on the grill, had the apple in the mouth and all. And my little daughter, she's probably five years old. She's sitting outside in the early morning and says, Daddy, that looks just like Wilbur. Nice. I don't think my remark went through, and I had to get off the phone so I could shimmy up a telephone pole. But I just wanted to tell you, Mr. Morris, this is going to be a game changer for me with this website. I'm starting to travel from work a month out at a time. I'm a meat snob, so I can't wait to start ordering your meat boxes for when I'm out traveling. All right. I'm really excited. I appreciate this. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you. It's pretty 
simple. When it comes to Disney, it's all about supporting businesses and their freedom of speech. Using your office to try to dictate and punish a business because they don't agree with you is anti-constitutional. So I thought you guys were all about freedom of speech. I guess not. Do what? He's not going to answer the question one bit of what we actually asked. He took one piece of a tiny thing that I said, which is that he doesn't like DeSantis because the war with Disney, which had nothing to do with the anti-constitutional thing, and he's going to bury that little piece instead of answering the question that was very simple, was very easily laid out, that all you had to ask is, was say, who, who do you support? support? Well, not a hard question. We can learn a lot about you with that, but you pick that one little tiny thing out of that <laughs> that doesn't answer the actual question. So, again, you have no idea what you're talking because about. Because you rubbed him wrong the Disney thing. He, yeah. He's a Disney lover. Hey, what's up, Shando? Easy. Heather. Big man, Jonathan. Sparky352. Oh, Sparky352. So, liberal Larry. Do me a favor, man. Next time Mama Maddow and Big Daddy Joe Scarborough help you do your homework cue cards, get it right. Trump's never been convicted of anything at all. He's been charged but not convicted. And when he's the president again, you can bottle your liberal tears and sell them to H2O Freedom Water. Be-doo, be-doo. Shannon, they're letting a five-year-old kid wax some vagina and then get all uptight when you have them pick a few vegetables or do a little something out in the field? Come on. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Sparky again. Hey, I'm so happy to hear you got you a website coming up by Mother's Day. Now I can tell my cousin what the name of it is, and she can go on there and order a box, and the world will be a happier place. <laughs> Thanks, man. Be-do, be-do. You're welcome. Man, that guy with the kilt, keister and stuff and antique stores, that is one crazy video. The guy like every time like does this big old horse stomp kick and then <laughs> and then he walks around and then bloop oh, God. puts it back on the shelf. Uh, if I ever walk into Morris Meats and see Jonathan in a kilt, I'm leaving. Okay. I won't be there to kill ever. Hey, Shannon. Hey, was that guy in the uh, antique shop, uh, what's his name, uh, Larry? <laughs> so speaking of uh, smoking goats, when I was a kid, my uncle got out of the Marine Corps and was living with us for a while. We had milking goats at the time. Well, he thought it would be pretty funny to teach one of our goats to smoke cigarettes. So he would put a cigarette in his mouth, milk it, take the cigarette out when he's done milking it. Well, after you know a couple of weeks of that, you couldn't milk that goat unless she had a cigarette in her mouth. Somewhere or another, we still got pictures of that goat with a cigarette in its mouth. You got a goat addicted? Way to go, yeah. <laughs> what you got, spoke goat milk? Hooters used to sell snow crab legs a pound and a half for 13 bucks, and it was awesome. They cooked them perfectly. I ate that dish 50 times. I don't know that I'm going to go to a place to name Hooters and get snow crab legs. Yeah. But it, it sounded like they were a bargain. The kilt guy at the antique store heard that the John Deere lawnmower handle wasn't an option anymore. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hooters sucks. Twin Peaks rules. Hey guys, yeah, that satellite that can, uh, you know, distinguish between black and white, boy, if it can pick up voice, uh, Jonathan is going to confuse the hell out of that thing. <laughs> I'm going to break that satellite. That's right. <laughs> hey, Shannon. 
Hooters has some uh, secret things that they'll cook for you that's not on the uh, menu, kind of like a secret item. Mm -hmm. uh, next time you in there, ask for a Sloppy Joe. Huh. Who knows the Hooters secret menu <laughs> items? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Todd Daytona, um, I'm of Scotch-Irish heritage, and I own multiple kilts, and I wear them whenever I feel like because, <laughs> frankly, they're comfortable and they're cool. But... Um, you're never going to see me doing that in the store. I own kilts too. I have a couple, and I uh, on, on, the, on a appropriate occasion, I wear them. But if I ever wear them on a St. Patty's Day, and I go to a bar, every woman in there is going to lift it up to see if you're going uh, regiment or not. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I, every time I wear like six, eight girls, oh, let me see. And if I'd done that to them, they would call the cops on me. Yeah. So that's why I make uh, take a couple of extra uh, to Dallafil that day. You know, chubbed up for the people. Yeah, I love going to them restaurants like like the Hooters and stuff. But I really hoping today somebody'd open up. Maybe Jonathan could open us up a little thing. Call it Cooters. I don't know, and you know, have some different. Like you have to have a big old camel toe to work here. <laughs> bitty bitty. Yep, not gonna do that. Hey guys, John Z here. Great show. I mean, think about this technology stuff. We've got people putting chips in their hands so they don't have to pull out their phone and chip when they check out at like Whole Foods and Amazon. I mean, it's just says, here I am, beam me down and uh shoot a laser at me from the space. I mean, you got Starlink going up there, you got seventy, eighty, a hundred rockets a year. Stuff's getting Crazy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to put a chip in my hand so I can pay for stuff no. better. You know. No, no way. I've been telling people for years that these satellites can pinpoint a dime from outer space, and uh, now you guys are trying to listen and to answer a question, uh, Jonathan Morris. No, the satellites cannot look inside your house. However, your smart thermostat has taken photographs of you Porky picking it around the house wearing a dirty T-shirt with a cell phone <laughs> in one hand and a chicken drumstick in the other. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? You're looking at those pictures. <laughs> yeah, I may have missed it. I don't know if you guys talked about the Tucker Carlson interview with uh, Mike Benz. He's knowing all of the uh, ways the government censors free speech. It's a really great watch. It's hard to follow because the guy has so much information, but uh, we're screwed. Beat it, beat it. Well, Mike Benz. Yeah, I saw that come out. I haven't I haven't had a chance yet. Hey, I was trying to give Mary Jo a learning moment, if you would. I said, get out of the car right now, because she was misbehaving. She wouldn't listen. So I drove it off of a bridge and flipped it over. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. God bless. Hey, wow. guys, there's a book out uh, right now. It's called Franklin Smoke, Wood Fire Food. It's by... Um, Aaron Franklin, Franklin's Barbecue in Austin, Texas, uh, basically tells the story of the restaurant and gives away a lot of his secrets about his uh, smoking projects and all, right. you know, all the stuff that he does. Delicious. I was there. Uh, I had brisket there this weekend. And the place I had the pork belly at was a collabo between uh, Aaron Franklin and some big-time Asian uh, celebrity chef deal there. Mm. Anyway. Fantastic. Hey, 
Who's the... I've been masturbating ever since imposter. <laughs> he needs to stay out of my space. <laughs> he didn't even say it right, idiot. <laughs> Here's something to think about, you guys. What if liberal Larry was really Larry the Cable Guy? Mm, uh, no, that would not be, be a good things, Yeah, Larry, he's not, it's not his M.O. I think that guy just uh, described Star Trek guy, not liberal Larry. Just saying. Could be. Hey, guys, it's Lee Majors. Liberal Larry kind of sounds like the guy that sits down when he pees because mommy tells him to. <laughs> Shannon is nice meeting your friend out there in Mar-a-Lago. Lots of fun. <laughs> I think that guy just yes. uh, described Star Trek guy, not liberal Larry. Just saying. You're right. Kurt Russell did a movie years ago where he was uh, some sort of lone wolf cowboy hand, and he was chasing some Indians that turned out to be cannibals. And towards the end of the movie, they they harvested a person. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty gross. Is uh, it a bone tomahawk? Is what bone tomahawk? Bone tomahawk is yeah. the name of the movie. Yeah, they do. It's gruesome, and they do some straight up like full on scalping, like they oh. don't cut away type of thing. Oh, yeah, well, really? Hey, SG man, love you, Shannon, Easy, Heather, Jonathan. Of course, you know I get some those boxes from you here and there. And I love Donald J. Trump. In a manly way, of course. You better get them dishes done. <laughs> Once again, this is Jonathan Morris. I'd like to tell the guy from Atlanta one more time, no beef for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, darling, how much is a whole cow processed? Thank you. Ballpark four thousand. It may be a little less depending on the weight. But plan all four, and it could be thirty-seven. There you go. How about cook meat, come eat? That's rather uh, rudimentary. I don't know. I think we come up with a winner. Yeah, we got. There used to be a restaurant here in Wisconsin called Cork and Cleaver. My wife and I thought it would be funny and came up with the name Pork and Cleavage. For a restaurant, so there you go, Jonathan. Yeah, whose breasts are going to be uh, uh, heaved out there? Yeah, I don't know how we're going to do that. With my daughter's running the place. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Liberal Larry's ever been on one of those Gritty Judd news conferences. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Call to the carpet. Those are the remarks for today. Thank you. A banner uh, crop of remarks. You can deliver them from the Florida Man Radio app. We do it twice a day, and it's, it's powered by Jonathan Morris and Organic Meats. Yes, it is. Yeah, I came up with a couple. I'll tell you in the break. Oh, there's something you had to tell me, too. Some kind of stuff you didn't want to talk about on the show. Make yeah, we'll talk name. off air, then we'll go from there. Oh, one more pop. Don't be one more. How about Jonathan Morris? Nope. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Wow, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody draw it and give us a good one. Man. <laughs> All right, uh, those are the remarks. Thank you for leaving them. Uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll take a final break here. Uh, I come back and wrap it up uh, for you. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. It's just a big dysfunctional family. Bubba the Love Spot, the Don Miller Show, Bill O'Reilly, Dan Bongino, Shannon Burke, and Jesse Kelly. Usually just going one step too far. Yup, Florida Man Radio. 
No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life. Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength and determination to make it through. Whether it's obvious physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it. I knew that I had to get support, not just for me, but for the sake of my wife and kids. Talking about it has helped me feel more like myself again. Honestly, it was hard to open up at first, but it's changed my life for the better. Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. I'm Latoya Lucas, and I'm a veteran. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. As a family member or friend, you may be the first to notice when a veteran you love has been going through changes. Things like withdrawing, drinking more, or increased anger could be a sign of a larger health concern. But help is available. Listen to hundreds of inspiring stories at maketheconnection.net and learn how you can support the veterans in your life. Treatment works. Recovery is possible. Every three minutes, a baby is born with a cleft, making it difficult to talk, hear, eat, and even breathe. Many won't receive the treatment they need to thrive. Through training and financial support, Smile Train gives the power of healing back to local communities so they can provide life-changing surgeries and other services at no cost to families. Help us change the world one smile at a time. To learn more, visit smiletrain.org learn. Okay, men, time to be an all-star caregiver. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Be there emotionally and physically. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find care guides at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. ship that had uh, capsized off of uh, Tobago, Cova State. Uh, back on February 7th, it was involved in some kind of accident with a tugboat. Uh, it, it, there's no crew there. There's, they, there was no emergency calls made. No sign of crew. Uh, oil had leaked uh, into the ocean at the height of tourist season there. Uh, the National Security Ministry said the barge had been tugged from Panama. It appears to have been bound for Guyana. The oil, oil spill affected about 10 miles of the coastline. Uh, the cleanup is still underway. 
Um, they declared a national emergency to get the crews to race to contain the oil spill. But now something else is washing ashore other than oil, and it is a giant bag of cocaina. Oh. Yeah. About $75,000 worth is washed ashore in a black plastic bag. Uh, and they figure it may have leaked out of said vessel that, uh, and maybe that's why there were no emergency calls made because they had a bunch of cocaine on, they had to unload. Uh, you know how many divers are out there right now, get just mm-hmm. trying to find silver. Snorkeling like crazy out there. Like <laughs> madmen in oil slicks, just, yeah, just getting care. in there. They don't care. Yeah. A couple hey, of I'm keys. I volunteer to clean up the oil. You know, that's the only reason I would really like to spend. I don't like the beach. Traditionally, people know this about me. It's pretty. I like to walk in the wet part of the sand. The other, you know, sitting there baking all day, unless you got a, a plenty of coverage. You know, the sand's always blowing. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get too far in the water and you whatever. Well, that's in Fort Walton, man. I can get in from daylight to dark. It's water. beautiful there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in the peninsula of Florida. You know, for the south you get, uh, even even midway up, there's been bales, uh, oh, square groupers, yes. pl- you know, popping Park up. County, and there's some showing up every once in a while right. on the beach area. So you'll go to the beach for a $75,000 bag of cocaine? Yes, that's basically what I'm saying. I, I'll, try well, to he, he, I will, I'll go even for the uh, slight chance of running into a, a bag giant of bag of cocaine. Or a, you got to say cocaine. 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 Yeah, the cocaine. The cocaine. The square good. groupers. Yeah. You don't call it cocaine? That's uh, cocaine. Because when you've done enough of it, your job don't work right. It's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cocaine. It's cocaine. Cocaine. That's what I heard. I don't know. They say it's, it's not uncommon for drugs to be found in waters in the beach of the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. In January, a million dollars worth of cocaine washed ashore in Cameron County, Texas, <laughs> uh, 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 last summer. And mayor, remember uh, Tampa Mayor Jane Castor? Reeled in 70 pounds of coke while she was on a fishing trip. Wow. In the she, Florida. she reeled in 75 pounds and reported yeah. 70. <laughs> yeah. What a coincidence that she caught the coke. Right. Yeah, well, 70 all the pounds. on the boat, she caught the coke. Uh, you know, I think her family was on the boat and her kids were on the boat, so they, you know, she couldn't, uh, you know. Snort it all? All right, listen, kids. Yeah. I'm going to need somebody. Bendo, I'm going to need somebody's back. <laughs> yeah. right, I need your, bring up your uh, Mickey Mouse backpacks uh, up to the deck and let daddy stuff, let mommy stuff them with a couple of keys. Pop up a couple of those Capri Suns. We'll snip those straws off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, that's it for us today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Easy. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Jonathan Morris, thank you very much. Thank Good you. to see you. Thank you uh, to this audience. We're back tomorrow. Uh, believe it or not, 3 Eastern, 2 Central. Bubba the Love Sponge gets this uh, network kicking in the morning, the uh, nationally syndicated uh, uh, national treasure. Drugged up with two guns on him at every time. Don Miller after that. Real funny guy. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm Shannon Burke. Have a good night.